What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got the one and only Mandy Moore coming on the show. Not that Mandy Moore. Nope, nope, not her. <laughs> not her. But extraordinary in her own right. Yes. Uh, choreographer for La La Land and Silver Linings Playbook and, of course, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Yes, so, I uh, mean, she has been a part of so many phenomenal things. Oscars, Emmys, like like you said, Silver Linings Playbook, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. You guys know we are in love with this show right now. And so. she's all 80s. Yes. She's all about the 80s, so you know. <laughs> exactly. People are going to love this interview, especially the up-and-comers who are trying to do it in a different way, Like especially if you're a background dancer or anything like that she's got some great advice for you and i mean it's just so fun this hell is a yeah. fun interview hell yeah but that is later on in the show now let's get a little crazy what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of inside the crazy ant farm holy moly we're on episode 111 this week 111 holy crap they're just rolling along man they're like flying and this is a special one because we got our forever guest coming back on here she is rebecca kennedy what's up rebecca Hi guys, how are you? Good. Uh, living the dream. Living yeah. the dream. We're breaking the rules a little bit. It's like every 13 episodes, but we we broke the rules this time because you know, you got some stuff to talk about and Hell we wanted yeah. to make sure we got that in there. So, welcome yeah, back. Finally. <laughs> well, Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely our forever guest. And by the way, wow, the response to your last time on the show with the big 100th it and the huge. co-hosting. We we were just hammered with emails about when she co-hosting again, yeah. when she co-hosting again. So, <laughs> guesting is not enough anymore. More, exactly. Rebecca. <laughs> Apparently now you are part of the team and you are a co-host now. So, and there's no pressure, you know. No, no, no pressure. pressure. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, but thank you. I mean, you were a genuine huge part of the 100th episode and made it a big success, and we really appreciate that. Definitely. Oh well, thanks for having me um, on, and like you know, we're I love that we're sticking to our forever guest like of I course back like saying, <laughs> it know? doesn't matter how big you get we're still reaching out you exactly. know yeah you got oscar gold we're like nope you're our forever guest <laughs> <laughs> so Love good it. so good but yes of course and we're also here too we're also here that's right, that's fantastic right. and the mouth What's up? oh my goodness but yes we have so much good industry news to talk about i mean we're talking about the oscars i mean with all this crazy stuff going on, they might be doing a little tweakage. They a might be. tweakage might on be. how to qualify for this awards program. And then, of course, we're yeah. talking streaming wars. We're talking Disney. We're talking basically everything going on in the entertainment industry. And we got a little war between the streamers and the theaters. Like, we mm, do. That's do. not – that's getting yeah. nasty too, so. Going back and forth, going back and forth. But, of course, before we get started, we got to plug our website, crazyantmedia.com. Anything that you need to know about us, the company, the podcast – our improv skits that we started doing, our <laughs> weekly updates, and all that stuff that is on int or that is on crazyantmedia.com. Of course, we have some great merchandise gear. Look at that; it just looks so beautiful for all of our YouTube viewers. We appreciate everyone who has liked and subscribed to our YouTube channel and the podcast. Y'all are amazing, and everybody who's bought merchandise. Thank yes. you. Appreciate it, appreciate it. But let's get started, man, with the Oscars. Yes, this is a biggie because I'm sure a lot of people were freaking out, you know, filmmakers and studios about, you know, because if for anybody not familiar, the Academy has eligibility rules in order to qualify to get nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. And, you know, if you were unable to release your film yeah. as planned, you know, during the year, which... 
I get that a lot of people were freaking out, but let's be honest about it. How many Oscar contenders are released in early? Yeah. Uh, they, they always wait until the end <laughs> yeah, of the year when it's fresh to be, exactly. you know, nominated. But anyway, the, the Oscars, the Academy has changed the rules up a little bit yeah. to allow for the stuff. Because as you guys know, most of the theaters cross country have been shut down, and especially in Los Angeles. And under the current rules, you have to be released in Los Angeles County, a theatrical release in Los Angeles County, for at least seven days straight. And you have to be played at least three times during the day right. in order to qualify for nomination. Um, obviously, that couldn't happen. Yeah. So uh, they have decided to change the rules. And any film that was set to be released in theaters but couldn't because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic – and was released to a streamer or video on demand, will now qualify, they will be able to qualify under the general entry and specialty categories for Best Picture, but the film must be made available on the Secure Academy screening room site and on any of streamer or video on demand site at least 60 days before. Yeah. So I, that seems fair to me. Yeah, it just seems like another place to submit it, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that that's a good compromise. Yeah. You, you know, and maybe some of these films that were going to come out in the summer now, maybe they hold till a, closer to award yeah. season. Yeah, you know? man. So much crazy stuff. What do you uh, think, Rebecca? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, like you said, most most movies that feel like they're going to be, you know, have a really good chance do release near the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I think we still have a bunch, you know, obviously that haven't come out yet. Um, but, you know, like Ghostbusters, you know, pushed like a lot of summer movies um, have obviously pushed because they want, you know, the best chance at the box office. So Absolutely. it'll be interesting to see what actually does come out this year and what our you know, what our Oscars are going to look like. Right. Yeah, like. it's going to be streamlined for sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I think. Um, they are going to make it a little bit easier now, though, after the theaters open also. They're not going to hold so strictly to that Los Angeles County. They're also going to allow films that screen in uh, New York City, the Bay Area, Chicago, uh, Miami, and Atlanta to also meet that seven-day requirement of screening in those cities. So to, to major hubs. That's really going to help out yeah, a lot. Yeah, I, I think so. And that, you know, know like i said that seems pretty fair yeah definitely not the only changes though no and this didn't go over so well either apparently with some people they're making some changes in the sound categories Mm. you know how they always have sound mixing and sound editing right right well they're combining that category really yeah it's going to be one category and apparently the sound mixers weren't so happy about that but uh there's still going to be the same amount of oscars awarded you know the same amount of members can still win the award um so I, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's always confusing for, for people not in the industry and not familiar with post-production yeah. what the difference between sound mixing exactly. and sound editing even is. Yeah. So They probably think everything falls under ADR when there's so many different types of <laughs> ADR. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Did, were you? Well, how was that when you first got started, Rebecca? Did you have any idea like what the whole process with the sound was? No. I mean, I still... <laughs> I still don't love ADR myself only because, you know, you're trying to recreate a performance that you did, you know, depending on when you did it. I mean, it's, you know, if a TV show, it's maybe a few weeks ago or a month ago, but but the film, it could be a film you did a year ago. Right. Now realizing they've got, you know, to fix some stuff. So I'm learning to love it. I'm learning to love it more. Uh, You know, for SVU, I only had to uh, redo two lines, but the rest was like, Huffing and breathing, right. and, you know, <laughs> running. And it's like, 
I'm like running in this, you know, in the booth and trying to get up, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so I have, you know, great respect. You know, I, I'm saddened that they are making it two categories. I know most people don't know the difference, but I think everyone deserves their, you know, they put in the work and they put in the hard work. They deserve not to have, I don't think to have one category, but to have the two because they are two different things and right. they take two different skills. That That's, yeah, yeah. an excellent point. I'm going to play devil's advocate on that though and say those, it, it's like a collaborative team effort with the whole sound thing. And I think sometimes like if, say the sound editor category, they win the Oscar and the sound mixing doesn't. Doesn't, It's yeah. like, but we were involved yeah. in that whole process. Exactly. Shouldn't have we all won? So maybe this teaming it up will eliminate one winning and one not. But I totally agree with you. I think True. you should be recognized individually for what you do so i don't know yeah. <laughs> uh the only other change in the in the music yeah apparently now for uh, an original score to qualify 60 percent of the score must be original music oh, wow. so that means yeah and for a sequel 80 percent of the score must be original music because you know we all know when you whenever there's a sequel they always play the original right. theme song like every time you see superman or batman yeah, or the avengers definitely. that theme song is in there so but now yeah 80 percent for sequels 60 percent for originals that have to be original music so yeah it's gonna be interesting man see yeah. what happens i mean you know <laughs> you can't just drag out the old footage you gotta like actually bring the orchestra back and re-record you yeah. know i mean you know it's crazy man it's crazy but this next one oh i mean there's a lot of back and forth about it like he teased but movie theaters were allowed to reopen in georgia this past monday and some in texas they're talking about yeah they're opening today supposedly in texas so yeah and and then but i mean it's all going back and forth california governor said no i don't blame him yeah (laughs) he said no absolutely not and most of the major chains to their credit they're like we have no plan on opening until June or July when the studios actually have a movie to release. Exactly. So, you know, that's yeah. that's interesting. And why would you? Nobody is – most – I mean we've already talked about it. Most of those movies have probably already been released on yeah. video on demand or on the streamers. So why would you go again to watch it in the theater? I mean I just – Yeah, I, I mean going back to the last big movie that was released before everything was shut down was like Onward and that's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. So, I mean you can just stream it right away. So, yeah, I don't – I don't see the need to reopen and show old movies that people have probably already seen on like Amazon Prime and things like that. So. Right, right. My question yeah, is that though, was, No, go ahead, Rebecca. Oh no, I was just gonna say, like that was my question is like when I saw that, I was like, What movies are they gonna be playing? Right. Because exactly. everything you know, they'll have to play the old movies that were in the theater right before, you know, everything shut down because there's nothing new out. But, you know, my mom, I was talking to my mom about it, and she did bring up a good point of, like, people have been inside so long. She's like, they might go and see a movie. Right, like, just to be out. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But so many questions with that, though, because, like, how are you going to judge the box office? Logan and I were talking about this earlier. Like, yeah. because they do have to still, I guess, during these phases, stick to the, the distancing requirements. Right. And they're only going to be allowed to operate at half capacity and stuff. So you're basically going to have, like, you know – 15, 20 people in a, in a, you know, theater per movie. Yeah. So, I mean, for the whole day, you would probably have just a little more than what you would have had at one showing uh, at, you know, before all of this. Yeah. So, you know, when the box office numbers come out and it's like, oh, opening weekend, it made $5 million. Yeah. Cause there was only 400 people that saw <laughs> exactly. it. Like, I mean, how are you going to yeah. judge that? You know, studios, I think, 
And we're going to talk about this because, like I said, they're getting into the war with the streamers. But I feel like if that's going to be the case for the first few months at the theaters, they have to recoup the money. They have to make back the budget. Exactly. So they're going to have to find another way to release it. I mean, I I don't know. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, like you were talking about off-air, possibly releasing it to the streaming platforms way earlier than normal. Right, closing that window, which is what's causing the problem. Exactly. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Ooh, Disney. 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 Uh, We know, Rebecca, you're a big theme park fan, so so this one is going to be interesting. Disney has, because of the coronavirus and uh, stuff, when they do reopen the Orange County Economic Task Force, and this is for Disney World, by the way, uh, they will be, during phase one, limited to 50% capacity. Mm. 50% capacity. I mean, that's a huge blow when you think about the amount of people. That can fit in the actual theme park. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, and then phase two, 75%. Um, and here's the crazy stuff. They also, all employees are going to be required to wear face masks. There'll be touchless hand sanitizers at all of the ticketing and turnstiles. And each ride and attraction, entry and exit, they're going to be temperature checking staff prior to their shifts. There's going to be regular wipe downs of all the stuff. Any staff member over 65 is going to be encouraged to stay home and not come to work. Yeah. And this is crazy because the lines, it takes forever to get on a ride at Disney World to begin with. But now they have to stick to these social distancings. So you still have to stand six feet apart in all of the attraction rides. And there can be no more of groups of 20 together. So you're going to get like six feet apart, 20 people. And then that's it for the line for that ride until that moves. What? Yeah. I mean – that is so crazy. It's definitely changing the game, man. I mean, we were talking about with concert venues and everything as well, and especially in theme parks as well. Like, everybody is just always so close together. Like, I was thinking about when I went to Disney World for the first time, and literally, you're moving like the Walking Dead, like a mob all yeah. together. So, I don't, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in the future with all this. I mean, do you think it stops people from going? Would you stop going, Rebecca? I mean, I feel like I would definitely wait to see how it all plays out. Yeah. I mean, well, do you, is there any word on like Disneyland, what they're going to do? I, it's going to be interesting. We have not heard anything about Disneyland yet because uh, Governor Newsom has got like a, he's not even planning on reopening things for another few months. Yeah. So, but I would I would assume that they're going to have to kind of follow the because while it was bad in Florida, I mean it was worse in California. So I would I would guess that they're going to have to follow. S- strict guidelines yeah. like that as well. We know it did it did affect Universal Studios also in Orlando. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. Yeah, it'll. Be, I was supposed to go. My in-laws were supposed to come into town at Easter time, and we were supposed to go to Disneyland then because mm. they've they've actually never been, and obviously we didn't go because everything's closed, and they yeah. didn't come because there's no point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know if you're in in the group of fifty percent that's able to get in at the beginning. Maybe the lines wouldn't be so bad because right. there's only half the people in the park, and then a lot of people just wouldn't want to go. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. You know, we we actually went to the movie theater the weekend before everything closed. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw The Hunt, which I really had really enjoyed. It was really fun. If oh, anyone nice. hasn't seen that, but you know, we went to Universal City. It's in Universal um, City Walk, and there was like no one there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and there was like. 
four of us in the movie theater. It was actually really nice. <laughs> it is nice. It, it is nice to see a movie with limited people, yeah. right? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the big tent poles when there's it's slam packed and everybody's cheering and standing. But I also like to just kind of go sit in there with the movie experience with just and quiet Definitely. and kind of like so. Yeah, it's it's music festivals is where I'm wondering. Yeah, exactly. like because you're always like right on top of each other and out, especially outdoor music festivals and all <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. I just don't see how that's going to keep going. Yeah, and I mean, like, venues like the Hollywood Bowl. How is that going to work? They're I know. Section off places. Mm. Like I don't know, man. <sighs> so interesting. <laughs> and then okay, some more bad news for Disney. Yeah, it's not all. We promise. There's some good news for Disney too. But for Marvel fans, this is not cool. Yeah, Disney sucks. moved Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness again. Again. Remember, we mentioned a couple weeks ago on the show that this uh, they decided to move it to November 5th of 2021. But now it's being pushed back all the way to March 25th of 2022. Mm. Mm. Damn. Mm. Not, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> I'm not excited about that. That, of course, fucked up Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. It's been moved up a week now from February 18th to February 11th. So yeah. interesting stuff. And then, of course, we mentioned, you know, Spider-Man. Three is is now shifted. So yeah. just all this Marvel stuff, it's breaking my heart, man. I know. I'm, I'm just, just so ready to watch Black Widow. Like <laughs> me too. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I already got my Funkos and can't watch the movie. Yeah. Like what the fuck with that? Like <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, it's not cool. It's uh, not. I don't know. And uh, Rebecca, you're a big Marvel fan, right? So I am. I yeah. I mean, I understand they have to do what they think is best for their movie and and to maximize their you know release and all of that so i get it i mean we're gonna have a lot of movies next year it's true for sure. out this year it's so true. everything is kind of getting pushed um you know so we'll just well and and marvel has an unprecedented track record 21 yeah. movies 21 number one openings yeah. and most of the yeah, time so biggest opening keep that <laughs> yeah <Exactly>. you, <laughs> you don't want to be that first marvel movie that doesn't open at number one yeah. you're like fuck <laughs> you know, so they're, they're definitely strategically timing when that shit comes yeah, out. Yeah, and so. or cross a billion dollars because uh, all of them exactly, have crossed a billion dollars. Exactly, almost all of them have done that. It, it's so and, – and also I guess they're staggering it because now they're – they the TV shows on Disney Plus are also part of it now. Yeah. So they have to, you know, not mess that up either. Yeah. So. Whew, I, know. I know. It's sad. It's sad. But like you said, it's not all bad for it's Disney. Not. They are releasing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker onto Disney Plus two months ahead of schedule, yes. guys, on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yes. yes. Uh, Star Wars Day, obviously. Yeah. Everybody knows May 4th, Star Wars Day. And so now, and to that, it's it's come off of Netflix. So now the only place you can see all nine Skywalker films is on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, The Last Jedi was on Netflix there for a while. Yeah. Now it's finally on Disney mm. Plus, where it belongs. That's exciting, though, because, I mean, you know, I'm a gee. I'll sit down and watch all nine. Definitely. It's like, why not, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I loved them. I yeah. loved them all. I know some people had issues with, you know, a couple of them or, you know, the prequels and, and now the sequels, but I liked all of them. I agree. I, I just, I thought it was a hell of a, you know, run for the saga, so I'm super excited. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then plus, I mean, The Mandalorian is also hitting on May the 4th. The documentary series is well so i mean i'm super excited just about everything that's happening star wars wise yeah. huge star wars fan and the final episode of uh star wars clone wars yes the, so you know they're wrapping that up and I that's know. gonna be all all on may 4th yeah are you a star wars or a star trekker like what what are you rebecca i like both i couldn't there pick you go. i mean i think they both ha- you know are interesting in their own in their own ways so 
I mean, I can't, I can't pick. Good answer. Good. <laughs> See, that's the answer you say not to piss off either one of those fandoms exactly. because they, like, they get yeah. real shitty real fast. So, you know, that was a good answer. Good <laughs> answer. No, and, I, and I, I genuinely do like both. I mean, I love any kind of science fiction, all that, all those kind of worlds are, I don't know, my husband and I both are really big fans of, of that. So anything that is like, takes me out of this, you know, world, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in. <laughs> totally, totally agree with Definitely. that. I, I've never been one of those either, like where I'm just a trekker. Or just yeah. a, I mean, I love both of them as well. So Exactly, you know. exactly. What would you think about The Mandalorian? Uh, I assume you're talking to me. Yes. Um, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, I mean, how can you not? Like, Baby Yoda. I know. I mean, hey, now they're, they're, funny. they're doing Baby Sorry, Yoda uh, surgical masks, Baby Yoda masks <laughs> for, for the whole COVID thing. So come on now. I know they say, not you know, not to work with dogs or children or animals or children because they will steal the scene. Yes, right. and it's true. And it's like that that is not even real. And totally <laughs> stole everything. <laughs> it was the best kept secret in Hollywood though until it debuted. Yeah. Like I don't know yeah. how Favreau and the gang did it, but man, that was amazing because nobody saw that coming and then like you said, it just blew up. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and my friend my friend Boone was in it, Mark Boone Jr. Oh, nice. I didn't know he, you know, of course, he couldn't say he was going to be yeah. in it. So it was really awesome to see him pop up. And, um, you know, I texted him after, and I was like, oh, it's so cool to see you. So it's so cool to be a part of I mean, that, to be a part of that is just like I would die. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we still, like, we got to get her into the Marvel Universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yes. and, and now Star Wars. Now Star Wars. Got to get her into the Star Wars There's universe. many, there's many just keeps lining up. Well, you're starting to kill it, though. I mean, SVU, and then we're going to talk a little bit later about your next big one. So you're, you're making some jump into some serious exactly. franchises. Making so moves, making you're, you're making moves. moves. <laughs> Speaking of making moves, the NFL. Yes. A record-setting night on Thursday. Last Thursday when uh, they averaged 15.6 million viewers of the first round of the draft. Damn. Woo. I think people were just trying to see how they were going to do it with this everybody staying home stuff. Right, so, like, I mean, you know. I feel like they just sent literally everybody a GoPro and just set this up in the corner and let's get your reactions. Yeah, like, that's yeah. That's what it looked like. I mean, I think I think after the initial how are they going to do it, the next thing was what are they all going to be wearing? Because, yeah. you know, they normally come in these flashy suits and yeah, all this kind of nice. stuff. Like, what are they going to be wearing at home? You know, the one dude in the robe yeah, is just, just in his bathrobe. Like, yeah, okay, just signed a multi-million. It was you know? an Old Spice bathrobe, too, because <laughs> yeah. he, like, signed a deal with them. It's oh hilarious. Oh, gosh, yeah. The number one pick gets, like, you know, a, a specialized Nike shirt made for him. This guy's got an Old Spice robe that yeah. they sent him. You know, I so mean, funny. it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, well, all of the rounds, though, I guess, did pretty good. Yeah. Um. Obviously, good news for Disney because Disney owns ABC, ESPN, and uh, and they were that's where it was aired, and they were killing it. Uh, Eight point two million viewers on the second night for the second round, four point two million on the third night, which almost nobody stays around for for the third I know, round. I'm surprised. And so that's you know really really strong numbers there. Um, are you big into the NFL? You, you you a draft day girl or what, Rebecca? Um. I mean, not as far as that goes. I mean, I, I'm a Cowboys fan. So yes, <laughs> yes. You are. Uh, we watch. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, you're just like always at the top of my favorite guest list. Whenever <laughs> anybody that's a Cowboys fan, I see you and Emma Furman posting constantly about the Cowboys, and I'm like, these yes. girls know. These girls know, <laughs> know. what it is. Yes. So <laughs> um. Yeah. So we watch once the games are on, but I, I um, I'm not big into like the draft and knowing yeah. or 
all of that. I yeah. It's a little fair enough. Me. Fair <laughs> enough. Rebecca Kennedy, not one of the fifteen point six million no, people. No, it was not me. It wasn't no. me. Like, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't keep up with everything. <laughs> it's a lot. It's really a lot, especially with everything going down on social media. But uh, some more exciting news for Disney. Disney Family Sing Along was huge. I mean. 13 million viewers for uh, ABC, right? Yeah, added after the seven-day delayed viewing. So Damn. on top of whatever the initial was, and I guess their initial ratings were pretty good, another 13 million after the seven-day viewing. Wow. Um, I saw it's on Disney Plus now. It is. Yeah. And it made it the second most watched show of the week, uh, only behind NCIS, um, which makes sense. You know, yeah, you know that, exactly. that's fine. 16.8 million viewers, though, in um, the key demographic, 18 to 49. So a lot of the, you know, a lot of the youngins watching this sing-along, um, that's interesting, and that's a huge jump of thirty-one percent with a three-point-four rating. Killing, which it. I mean, you know, everybody knows it's all about targeting that key demographic because that's where all the sales come in. Yeah, you know, that's where all the marketing and advertising comes in. So that's what they want, definitely. And uh, of course, with numbers like that, it's no-brainer. They just announced a follow-up special for it. Yes. Disney Family Sing Along Two. Set to debut on Mother's Day, May 10th. It's going to be hosted by Ryan again. Of course. Uh, does he have a special desk for that? I know. You know we <laughs> talked about last week, he had the old American Idol desk. So, I mean, does he have a special desk for the sing-along? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, this guy has anything he wants, <laughs> basically. <laughs> you big into sing-alongs? I, be, I, I bet you'd kick ass at a sing-along, I Rebecca. could see Rebecca singing at home. I mean, we, we did watch it. I, I didn't really sing along because my, my <laughs> husband was like, he, well, he was in the other room. He wasn't even really watching, but um, I did have it on, and he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? He didn't even come out for animated Mickey. We even had right. animated Mickey part. I mean, come on. That's By the way, he, he returns. He will be on the second one also. That's so. cool. <sighs> yeah. I mean, even – even I was like, is that guy on? Your boy. He's on. He's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Sometimes we all just have to sing alone. It's okay. It's, it's all right. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know who else is going to be alone? The Bachelor. Y- yeah, The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah. Old Chris Harrison. Aww. Chris Harrison's going to be by himself, apparently, because everything's shut down. Yeah. There's no production going on. Makes sense. But ABC said that's not going to stop us. Chris Harrison, you're going to be in a, by yourself. And you're going to host this show. So <laughs> you can appa- do it. <laughs> That's right. Apparently, they're going to do a whole retrospective series instead of new episodes. It's going to be The Bachelor, the most unforgettable ever. Okay. So, and it's going to highlight like iconic scenes, I guess, from the past 18 years of episodes and That's cool. like all that kind of stuff. So, that'll be interesting. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. We do the same with our podcast. When we like take a week off, we have the best of episodes. So, yeah. I mean, especially a show as huge as The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, I mean, it makes sense. I'm just going to go on record and, and Anybody can like argue with me, but I, I just don't get it. I've never understood the fascination with The Bachelor. Everybody wants to fall in love. It's okay. I okay. Uh, yeah, I, I've just <laughs> never like eighteen years. Yeah, I'm like I figured three, four, yeah, five I mean, years maybe, and then just... keep keeping up with the Kardashians has been on for fifteen <laughs> years. So, <laughs> so I true. mean, people just want to know, it's man. True. People want that rose, man. They're like, here, take the rose. Are you a fan, Rebecca? Um. So I, I used to, I watched it at the beginning. Okay. I, I will admit, I haven't watched it. I haven't kept up with it. I mean, it, 18 years is a long time. Right. It is. <laughs> it is. It's basically or the same thing over, years. you know, yeah. all those seasons. It's just like, I get it. It's like, same thing with Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah. How many times can we see the same dances with different people? Like, it's just, you know, come on. Yeah. Original. Be original. Yeah, I'm, I'm very limited and very picky on my reality. Yeah. <laughs> So that I choose to watch. So, um, yeah, maybe if I had like a, a girlfriend to watch it with uh-huh. or something it would be more fun. It's definitely not fun watching by yourself. And 
And Brandon's definitely over it. So. <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> no. No sing-alongs and no bachelor for Brandon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Noted. All right. <laughs> Especially once you get past, like, the first couple episodes where everyone's being, like, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, meh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so That's kind of how I am with the voice. After the blind auditions, I kind of drop off. Really? Yeah. I, I will say though, I, I do like the Jonas edition. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's I like been Nick fantastic, yeah. and I, I, he's kind of given it a new little fresh upbeat, at least for this season. So. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of, Hulu has picked up the BBC coming-of-age comedy In My Skin. Okay. Yeah, this one apparently everybody was trying to get, and Hulu won it, so, you know, good for Disney. Yeah. Uh, It follows a Welsh teenager, Bethan, who lives a double life as she tries to keep her mother's mental illness and her father's alcoholism a secret. Oh, wow. That sounds intense. Well, I think we need more shows that deal with, like, addiction and mental illness so we can bring these stereotypes to life and just to have it start a conversation with people that you never really talk to about it because you can connect with so many people about these things that also have that going on in their life as well. I mean, I hate the stereotype, so I think this is good. I think so too. I, I, I agree. We need to have content out there that, that makes people think and makes people talk. I just hope it doesn't get controversial. Like, yeah. The, like, you know, the whole first season of 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. You know, it, everybody was singing and praising it about how it made people talk and then everybody was like, oh, but it's encouraging yeah, and it's this and that. And so, I, you know, hopefully it doesn't do that. I mean, I just, I agree with you. I think it's important to have content out there that makes people talk, especially with mental illness. I feel like everybody's scared to touch that subject. Yeah. You know, so I I think this is a good one. And Hulu's the right place to do it, I think. Agreed. What about you, Rebecca? What do you think? Yeah, I think it sounds really good. And I'm excited to to see it. I mean, I read the book, uh, 13 Reasons Why, and and I watched the show. And, you know, if we don't ever have, I mean, it was the same thing kind of when I did To the Bone. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of people liked it and a lot of people didn't. Yeah. Um, and, but it's like, if we never have these conversations, if we never show, like, how do we ever talk about it? Exactly. That's exactly so right. I, so I don't, you know, it's really hard to please everyone, I think. <laughs> so I think you just, they have to do what they feel is best and how they can show it the best way possible. And just know that not everybody is going to agree. Totally agree. Yeah. And by the way, nice, nice yeah. shout out to, to the bone. That was a great exactly. Movie. Everybody go watch that. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with a little self promotion. I love no, it. We do it and all it, the time. It's fine. That's right. It was a fantastic movie too. Everybody who doesn't know Lily Collins oh, or whatever, just brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, speaking of brilliant, Judy Greer. I'm a huge fan of Judy Greer. Yeah. I, I think she's just awesome in everything she does. Her and Steve Gutenberg. Yes, yeah, Steve Gutenberg. You remember Steve oh, Gutenberg man. from Police Academy? Oh, like way back in the day. <laughs> they're, they're bringing him back out. That's great. <laughs> Ellen Wong, uh, Maria Conchito, Alonzo, so many good people, and Chico the Dog are getting ready to star in uh, Jason uh, or uh, Bloomhouse's new one, nice. uh, Into the Dark Good Boy. Nice. And that's part of his horror franchise that's on Hulu also. So that's going to be really cool. Yeah. I um, mean, he's very consistent. No matter how well or how bad it does, he's very consistent. He is very consistent. And I, I like that he's kind of made the move to television because he's had a couple of misses yeah. at the theater lately. Yeah. So it makes sense to kind of bring it home and bring it to TV. And uh, it's an interesting one. I guess it's about um, a woman who gets an emotional support dog mm. um, to help quell her anxiety. Nice. And she, yeah. So well, she even more her. so, people talking about anxiety. That's great. <laughs> right. So, and and like I said, who doesn't love uh, Greer? I mean, she's fantastic. Agreed. I mean, so. And, and dogs. And, and dogs. dogs. <laughs> and dogs. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you mix those two, it's bound to be a hit. I that's, agree. That's all I'm saying. Hell yeah. That's all I'm saying. See, not all bad news 
for Disney. Exactly. They had some good stuff. They some good stuff. They start in conversation. It's true. Oh. Now, this next one we called. We yeah. pride ourselves on, on like predicting the, the future of the industry, and, and we do it pretty well. Uh, yeah. We called this one a year ago. Yeah. We, we said that Randall Stevenson was likely not going to last long at the top of AT&T yeah. and that he would be replaced by Stanky, who didn't really seem to fit the entertainment part of Warner Media. Yeah. So, and, of course, now it's happening. Right? Yeah. Randall Stevenson, AT&T's chairman and CEO, set to retire after 38 years. Yeah, that's a long run. who's going to take his place? John Stanky. Yeah. Much like we said a year ago, that's what we thought was going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And we know that. Remember, we said on the show a couple of weeks ago, Jason Kilar uh, from Hulu is now taking over Warner Media, which makes total sense to me because this guy was at the founding of Hulu, yeah. knows the entertainment industry, especially the television side, backwards and forward. Agreed. So you're getting ready to launch HBO Max and all that kind of stuff, and that's the way that everything is going. Makes sense that that's the guy you have running the entertainment part of your company, right? Yeah. So this, make, this move makes total sense. Definitely. I mean, transition will happen July 1st, but it looks like he'll stay on as executive chairman uh, until January 2021. You, you think he got that from Iger? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, you know, I see what he's doing. I see what he's doing. <laughs> oh, Iger's going to be executive chairman. I'm going to be executive chairman, Me too, too. me too. <laughs> good enough for the mouse, good enough for the bunny. Right, like, exactly. I'm just saying. Uh, so funny. <laughs> I love that. I just want that title, executive chairman. I know, it sounds I, so I, cool. It does sound cool. It basically means you're just hanging around and doing nothing right. until your retirement date, but you know, you're executive uh, chairman. I mean, unless you're Iger. Iger's heavily well, yeah, involved he's, in the creative uh, stuff. Yeah, so. and definitely now running things again with the whole you know disney knew where to go exactly they knew that uh, uh so rebecca the mouse or the bunny where does your loyalty lie are you making me i can't <laughs> i can't <do> <laughs> it's like no way it's mickey and bugs star wars and no. star trek it's like yeah <laughs> you can love all you, you can, can love, love all. all i mean i know because people always ask like dc or marvel and i'm like why can't i love everything exactly <laughs> That's so true. So and see, did you see? She very carefully there. That was that was Warner and 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 Disney, exactly. uh, Marvel and DC. Yeah. For many people who don't know, DC all owned by Warner Brothers. You know all their characters, and obviously Marvel with Disney. So yeah, nice call. So nice smart. call. She's she is smart. smart. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, speaking of HBO Max, they're just making sure you're going to be able to see it everywhere. Everywhere, man. I everywhere. Mean, they're going to be uh, partnering with Apple for a distribution deal so that HBO Max will be available on that Apple TV streaming site. Yeah, and your iPhone and your iPad and like whatever Apple device you have, you're going to be able to watch HBO Max. Makes sense. So, you know, I mean, it's so weird though. Like you, you log into Apple TV thinking you're going to be watching some Apple TV Plus shows and then like, oh yeah, you can also go to HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and you can also go to like Disney Plus yeah, and CNN and like, like all these different places. I mean, it Apple's trying to be the one stop shop. I guess so. Yeah, but I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. It might not be so good for your shows, but I guess if you're also being the the place where you can watch everybody else's, that's not totally a bad thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, Rebecca, we just got done uh, binge watching the morning show. Have you seen this one? Yes. Oh my goodness, it's so amazing. Yeah, so good. Yeah, the 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 final episode was just like whoa. I know. Uh, and I mean, our background is in television broadcasting and the news side of things, so like connected with it so much. There was some shady stuff happening at some news networks. Oh yeah, like, you have no idea how real that show actually yeah. was. There was clearly somebody yeah. that had worked at Broadcast News that was an advisor or something because yeah. a lot of that shit that was going down, oh my gosh, we saw it every day. Yeah. Every day for so many years. It was so good though. Mm. 
Yeah, I I loved it. I cannot wait to see what they do with season two. Holy crap! Seriously, but HBO Max is that's not it. They 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 couldn't ignore. You know, they had to do iPhones, but they also wanted to do Androids. Of so they signed the same type deal with Google. So HBO Max is going to be available on Google Play, Android phones, tablets, and Chromebooks. So whatever you are, if you're an Android or an iPhone, you're going to be able to watch HBO Max. There you go. There so, you go. Don't discriminate. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm just all about the iPhone. I know. A but, lot of know. people discriminate against the Androids. Uh, yeah. Do, do you have like – are you iPhone or Android? Yeah, iPhone. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm just – Yeah. I don't know. I, and I'm getting really frustrated. I will never do anything other than the iPhone because my poor mom, she got that Google book or Chromebook, and it's all the Google operating system. I can't figure out shit on that. She's like, how do I do this? How do I do it? I have no idea. Like I'm trying <laughs> like, I don't know where control panel is. How do I find a fucking printer? I, ca- I can't do anything on that Chromebook. I'm like, I am useless. I just don't like it. Uh, anyway, that that's this part of the show not brought to you by Google. Right. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> there goes that sponsorship. Or, or Apple, yeah. Like. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I'm excited about this one, though. Yes. Patty Jenkins and Warner Brothers already planning out the future of Wonder Woman. That's so exciting. I mean, she had hinted that there was going to be a third one. Yeah. But now she's basically confirming there's a third one and a fourth, but it's going to be a spinoff with the Amazons. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, like, I agree, man. You get to get the backstory on them and where they like how they all formed. I just, I'm so excited. I mean, seriously, I think a lot of people really enjoyed the Amazon part of the first one. Yeah, and and we're pretty excited to see that story continue. So, um, super. And she says that one will actually come out before Wonder Woman three. Oh wow! So yeah, which is really interesting to me. Here's the other interesting thing. She wants no part of directing the spinoff. Mm, mm, that makes sense. <laughs> She's like, I hope I don't have to. I don't want to. I'm going to try really hard not to. But, I mean, I feel like that's cool. Yeah. You know, she she. although I also think that Patty is so attached to it all that if she has to, she will. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. I mean, but that's cool. Her, apparently her and Jeff Johns came up with the script for the Amazon one and pitched it and Warner Brothers loved it. And so – but, um, yeah, so apparently the future of Wonder Woman is in good hands. Yeah, I feel like Wonder Woman is probably their most successful superhero, in I think my opinion. So. I, think I mean, so. we saw the greatness that was Joker, but, I mean, obviously not a superhero. But, yeah, I, <laughs> Wonder Woman's amazing. Yeah, I think everybody, like, connected with that first film and was just like, you know. And it came out at, at such the perfect time for female empowerment and, yeah. you know, the Agreed. movement that was going on. And they capitalized on it, obviously. But, um. I think I, I mean everybody. All the momentum and all the buzz seems to be really positive for Wonder Woman 1984. So, I mean, it's set in the 80s. Hello, <laughs> I'm gonna love it without doubt. Of course. Um, you know, so I'm excited about that. Are you totally in? Are you like all Wonder Woman, Rebecca? Oh yeah, I love the first one. I think she's she's great, and I'm excited to see the next Definitely. how it's gonna go. Definitely. Yeah. They couldn't have picked a better person to play. No, I mean, Gal Gadot's amazing. Yeah, she's perfect Wonder Woman. Yeah, she's great. I mean, yeah. when you talk about nailing it for casting, right? And, and we should give credit to where credit's due. That that was Snyder, not you oh, know. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, he I he, he had cast her for Justice League that's before, right. before, you know, Wonder and then Woman. Patty Jenkins was like, "Well, that's Wonder Woman, so yeah. okay, I'm gonna have to do that." But yeah, it turned out really well, I'd say. Release the Snyder cut. That's right. <laughs> do it. Do it now. Um, oh, oh another one that's gonna be developed. This is interesting, but it's gonna be a series. Mm. Hellraiser. Yeah. Old Pinhead. Yeah. Yeah. HBO is developing a series based on that franchise. Here, But remember, I guess, I don't even know, it was a couple months ago, I think we talked about this on the show. They're doing a new movie. They're rebooting the movie franchise. But this 
is not going to be connected to that. Oh, wow. Yeah, they said this is n- will be in no part connected to the movie reboot. This is standalone. So Interesting. I've yeah. never seen the original. I'm just I'm I'm kind of I'm a youngin. We all know. We all know, but I'm just I'm I'm sorry. I mean, Pinhead is pretty badass. Yeah. 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 Got to check it out. Are you, are you we know Rebecca's a horror fan. Oh yeah, obviously. I, I horror mean, queen yeah. over here. <laughs> Maybe she shows up in Hellraiser. Right? I don't I don't know. <laughs> that would be great. It would be awesome. I mean, yeah. you know, you know how to get messy, so it would be good. It'll be good. <laughs> It's like when it comes to blood and guts, Rebecca is there. She's yeah, like, she's I like, got this. All it's all good. All <laughs> in. <laughs> all good. All good. Um, yeah. So, and apparently the same people that are doing that, uh, it's uh, Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals, The Righteous Gemstones. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, he's attached, David Gordon Green. So yeah. that, that's the guy who's going to be in charge of it. So I'd say he's got a pretty successful track record with yeah. uh, HBO. So I Seriously. think he's going to be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, other things that are heading over to HBO, uh, Seth Rogen's uh, film, The American and American Pickle, uh, is he- heading over to <laughs> HBO Max. Uh, Warner Media has taken the global rights to this feature, which stars Seth, McRoll, uh, Seth MacFarlane. What am I saying? Right I don't now? know. I, Seth Rogen? <laughs> Seth Rogen. You're obsessed with uh, I was like, Seth that would McFarlane. Be an interesting. <laughs> right? Like, those two together, that'd be amazing. I'm a huge fan of both. But uh, yeah, in Dual Rose, uh, Rogen's going to be, it comes from Sony because everybody knows he has a partnership with Sony. So it's interesting. This one's going to supposed to come out in uh, 2021. Yeah, and then so, so obviously with the reshift of the schedule of all the movies, yeah. Sony Sony couldn't find a place for it in the release schedule, so they coughed it up and HBO Max picked it up. And uh, so, you know, loss for Sony, but a win for HBO Max, obviously. There we go. It, really interesting, though, because the dual role, he's playing himself, but then he's also playing, you know, 100 years in the future, his grandson, his great-grandson. So he's oh, playing wow. the great-grandson and the guy who was preserved for 100 years. And by the way, preserved, like, I mean, so he's literally like a pickled Seth Rogen, I guess, <laughs> is how they're doing it. I don't know. Like, an American pickle, That's Seth Rogen. That's so funny. What? I mean, just, he's great, though. He's so funny. Goofy, so yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll it definitely be an interesting HBO Max. I, I know. I lo- but everything he does is so lighthearted and great. So I love it. I, I mean, I absolutely love By the way, do you watch The Chef Show with Jon Favreau, Rebecca? Um, I've watched a few episodes. Oh, my God. It all. So good. The one with Seth Rogen is absolutely so phenomenal. Good. you got to watch that one. You'll be laughing your okay. ass off. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I am a big Seth Rogen fan. Yes, nice. and I'm a big John Favreau fan. So there you that, go. I couldn't not watch that episode. <laughs> yeah. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, hmm. Ursa Major. Songs in Ursa Major. Apparently, everybody was bidding for this film. Okay. I'll be honest for you. I haven't even heard of it. I haven't heard of the book. I didn't know anything about this, but apparently there was a giant bidding war for it. Oh, wow. Village Roadshow Pictures got it. Okay. Uh, right? <laughs> I, I was like, I've never even heard of this. I don't know what this is. Um, but the author of the book is going to write the script, and here's where I, I, I'm thrilled about it. Sarah Schnettner and Greg Berlanti are going to produce. Yes. Anything that Berlanti is attached to, I feel like, is going to rock. I agree. I mean, this guy is like producer extraordinaire. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. So um, a love story set in 1969 at the crossroads of rock and folk. That sounds badass. Uh, yeah, just love both of those genres of music. So especially them crossing together at such like the summer of love. Like, right, it's right. Gonna be epic. And it's about a young musical prodigy that falls in love with a hard partying folk legend. Sort of, kind of, maybe roundabout sounds like a star is born. A little bit, but so it does. I mean, it'll work. Yeah, I, I think. I, I just think these type movies 
like work. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> just musicals and anything with like a young and old and kind of the merging of. I just, I mean, who wasn't a fan of A Star Is Born? Yeah, right. I mean, holy shit, that movie was so good. So was good. So good. You like musicals? We want to get Rebecca in a musical. Will you do a musical, Rebecca? <laughs> I do like musicals. It's been See, a while. Um, yeah, I was looking up that book because I haven't heard of it either, and it looks like it hasn't even come out yet. Oh wow! So there you go. Well, it makes sense, right? That's- Probably why none of us have heard of it. Well, that's good. That's see, that's why that's why we need Rebecca to co-host every week. She's like, it's okay. You haven't heard about it. It hasn't come out yet. I thought thought so too. I'm like, we know everything. How do we miss this? But no, thank you, Rebecca. I mean, I don't think it has. That's okay. I, I'm going to go with you. It yeah, and whatever you say, yeah, it's right. <laughs> Rebecca is correct. It hasn't come out yet, and I am happy with that. Um, man, though, we should totally try to get Rebecca on Zoe's. We should. Yeah, if Zoe's gets picked up for season two, totally see her great, down. That with, is a great Oh, my gosh, yes. Well, yeah, and that's the guest today, obviously, Mandy Moore, the choreographer, and so, yes, yeah, such, such fun. But you would be kick-ass on that. That'd be awesome. I agree. Um <laughs> J-Lo? Ah. I know. I- I'm going to ask again today. Oh, my goodness. Do you have the red balls? I don't. You don't have, re- don't. You don't have red balls? No. Is this anybody? Rebecca, oh you have God. some giant red balls? Oh, my God. I don't know. <laughs> I-, I don't know how to answer She's that. She's like, do I need to have giant red balls? Well, you know who does have giant red balls? Uh, TBS. TBS. Wipeout. Yes. Wipeout. <laughs> Wipeout is coming back. Oh TBS is bringing it back. Used to be on ABC, obviously, and it ran for a long time on ABC. I was shocked. <laughs> but uh, yeah. from 2008 to 2014, I didn't realize it ran that long. I didn't either. But, um, I mean, that show was fun. Yeah. Seeing those people trying to so run across funny. those balls or any of that stuff was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I just, when somebody runs into a wall and gets smacked, that's, <laughs> that's funny yeah, shit. Exactly. I mean, so I'm excited about this. Um, I don't know who, if, if the original hosts are coming back. I don't know if Jill Wagner is going to come back. Um, she, she a mommy now though. And kind of, yeah. kind of, so I, I don't know, but I'm excited about it. I loved the show. Me and Lil Cam, me and Emily, we would play the video game. They had a video game of it. Oh wow. Yeah. And me, <laughs> me and Emily and her uncle would like sit there and play that shit for like all day long. That's hilarious. It was so funny. So, uh, I, I mean, uh, come on. You like it, Rebecca, right? Like when, I mean, you can't help but watch when I mean, people I get smacked around, one. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> was this video game you trying to make it across this? Yes, yes, you had to actually <laughs> do, go across the balls, and they were a lot harder than you would think. You was like, oh, no, I, I, yeah. I had Mario down. I could jump across the mushrooms. I got these balls. No, no. no. <laughs> the red balls are harder than they look. It, it's just like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't Okay, That's that awesome. sounded like really crazy, but yeah, let's. It did. Like, <laughs> it did. I don't even know what to say. Nope, we'll move on from the red balls. Um, <laughs> Sony, let's Sony. move to Sony. Kaylee Cuoco, which who we love. Yes. Kaylee Cuoco is awesome. Uh, Harley Quinn, yeah. currently harley quinn on the animated series who she's kicking ass on that she is signed on to star opposite kevin hart and woody harrelson in man from toronto remember we talked about that because uh woody harrelson replaced uh statham that's right remember so um we're excited about that the film sounds fantastic and now if you're telling me the female lead is kaylee cuoco kaylee cuoco with kevin hart (laughs) <laughs> yeah, gonna that'd be, be hilarious. And I feel like, like yeah. Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson is just going to be even more funny. Yeah, like, I mean, I love Woody Harrelson, and then plus, like, uh, I mean, I feel like Jason Statham might have been too cold for the role. To yeah, be honest with you. Uh, agreed. I, I mean, I, 
you know what I think? I think that maybe they initially saw them in Hobbs and Shaw. And yeah. It's like, oh, this is going to be a really great connection. Yeah. But then for whatever reason, Statham is out. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, this is going to be good. And then uh, it's directed by the same guy who did the Hitman's Bodyguard. So with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. And I love that movie. I yeah. thought it was hilarious. So yeah. Patrick Hughes. So I think that's going to be. I mean, fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, the film is supposed to hit theaters. We really don't know, but it's supposed to hit theaters September 17, 2021. I feel like if if you if this shit isn't over by September 17th, I'm going to be really, like, upset. Oh, yeah, I'm going to cry. I mean, that's going to be wrong. Oh, I'm going to be upset if it's not over by, like, June. Right? Yeah, like, like, seriously, <laughs> right? Like, come on, people, get off the beach. Wear your mask, damn it. Uh, I mean, like, it's getting nuts. It really is. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Bad news for, Bad news. for Viacom CBS. Yeah. yeah, we know. We talked about this huge when when Disney and Fox merged. Same type thing with Viacom CBS. When you merge two giant companies together, there are a whole lot of people that have the same jobs. Yeah, and that doesn't normally go very well. So Viacom CBS, uh, they announced this week. More layoffs. Yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. But hopefully with all these different streaming services and all these different studios that they can get picked up by other places. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and it was – at least they tried to spread it out among – you know, yeah. it wasn't just CBS. It was also MTV, you know, and a lot of their different divisions, some in Paramount and stuff. But, you know, 500 to 700 people. Yeah, that's so a was, lot of people without jobs, especially in this time. So And I mean, this it sucks. Yeah. This thing is really affecting a lot. And yeah, I mean, it's normal to lay off people after a merger of two right. giant companies, but I feel like the number was probably increased even more because yeah, of COVID. Bit, yeah. So mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know I'm excited about this next one. All right. Yeah. I mean, Paramount and Hasbro, okay? They grab Oscar-winning Toy Story 4 director, Epic. Josh Cooley, Epic. and he's going to direct an animated Transformers movie that's going to be a prequel. Oh, yeah, a prequel. The film's not going to be a part of all the live action stuff. Though. Yeah, it's going to be totally different. It's going to be a prequel, and it's going to take place on the homeworld of Cybertron. And it's going to, I guess, kind of describe how the battle between the Autobots and the Decepticons started. That's cool. Yeah, that's like going to that. be badass. And, and then plus, I want to see if because I love the original uh, Transformer cartoon like movies and everything like that. So I wonder if it's going to be still 2D or they're going to use the new computer technology and make it 3D. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You, I love that you brought up Transformers the movie though because that movie was badass. It was. Orson Welles, Leonard Nimoy, Judd Nelson. Yeah. It had a huge cast, man. Yeah. That was like one of the biggest animated films of all time at that time. Yeah. And it was like, it was badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite films. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was kind of awesome. So I'm kind of hoping they keep old school yeah you know i'm not opposed to the 2d animation i know the whole pixar generation and all this kind of stuff i'm not opposed to some good old-fashioned though 2d animation exactly like cartoons actually just getting drawn not actually computer animated yeah i mean you know we shall see man transformers fan rebecca uh yeah yeah did you like the did you like the prequel with uh bumblebee with Haley steinfeld i did i i you know i watched on a plane um but I did enjoy it. I mean, the first one is always going to, I think, be my favorite. Right. The right. first, like, movie that came out with Shia LaBeouf. And, you know, he's so great. Um, but, I, you know, I did enjoy it. For the, you know, for those movies, I really just want to be entertained. And if I'm exactly. entertained, then I'm good. You know? that's, that's a good point. Agreed. I mean, that's a good way to look at it, too. Yeah. There are films like that that are just popcorn, candy, good yeah. time films. And that's exactly. one of them for sure. Exactly. So. Yeah. I feel like sometimes, like, the audience takes it at too much at like 
dissecting what it's supposed right. to be or what it should be and don't just take it at face value just enjoy the movie exactly if you're entertained and have a good time that's all that really matters come exactly. on now exactly exactly yeah speaking of animation everybody's on it because you can't do anything else right now no <laughs> so pop tv pop. has picked up its first ever animated special okay and this is an odd choice but they're going with it anyway the reboot of one day at a time oh. is going to do an animated special all right. Yeah. It's going to premiere in the spring. Um, it came, obviously, the decision to have this uh, animated special came after everything was shut down because they can't shoot anything Makes normal sense. right now. Makes sense. Um, the stars of the show are going to do the voice work. They're going to do voice their own characters and That's everything. Cool. So, and apparently it's going to have a couple celebrity guests. Epic. They're, they're going to announce that later. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, we've been talking about it the past couple of weeks. Animation has just kept on rolling, man. This has not had a pause, stop button, anything like that. So animation is really hot right now, especially when you can just stay home and record your voice. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, and basically everybody has a freaking sound studio in their, in their exactly. home now because the technology has gotten to the point where you can just do it from home basically anywhere. Exactly. So. Record it on your iPhone. Plug the iPhone. <laughs> exactly. I'm kind of neutral on this, though, because I wasn't a big fan of the reboot of One Day at a Time. Yeah. Uh, just because I liked the original, you know, but so... I'm not excited about an animated version yeah. of it, but you know, good yeah. for them. Yeah. Good for them. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. But uh, Comcast, they're also doing some things. NBC's hit athletic competition series, The Titan Games, is returning for its second season on Monday, May 25th, hosted by and executive produced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Uh, the Titan Games will premiere a two hour long episode beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Time slash Pacific Time. Yes. Yes. I think anything that The Rock is involved with is a hit. I agree. I mean, and who doesn't, who, who's going to tell him no? I know. Am like, I getting renewed? Yes. Yes, it's all you. <laughs> so you got it. <laughs> you don't want to tell Dwayne The Rock Johnson you're not getting renewed. No. So, uh, but this is like what, like Ninja Warrior type, you know, even Wipeout type kind of competition yeah. show, you know, so fun to watch. I yeah, mean, it kind of makes I, sense. I feel like I compare it to like The Gladiator or something like that, you know, that old show competition show yeah gla- wow you say a youngin but gladiators know, that, that was I a while ago stuff. man i know that some was, stuff was, okay all right. <laughs> all right now and i can't wait to hear rebecca's opinion on this one this is gonna be good but now we're getting into the war that we were talking about at the top of the show nbc universal so universal pictures obviously their ceo jeff shell said and i quote as soon as theaters reopen, we expect to release movies on both formats, indicating a day-and-date theatrical and video-on-demand shift as to how they want to put these movies out. Mm. Universal has been the leader in bringing hits to video-on-demand pretty much sooner than expected. Um and they've done that with The Invisible Man, Emma, The Hunt. Um, and then, of course, their biggie, Trolls World Tour. Yeah. That thing apparently generated $100 million in the first three weeks on video on demand. And that's more than the entire run of the original Trolls movie in the theaters. That's crazy. So that's, wow. I guess, their justification for it. Um, yeah, he, he was basically telling theaters that they're no longer the priority and that they're equal players and... He doesn't see one platform being more important than the other, and they're going to continue to release movies how they see fit. Now, anybody who doesn't know, there's a window that from the time that you can release in the theaters to when you're allowed to be on streamers or on video on demand or Redbox or anything like that. There's the, there's this window that you have to wait, this period of time that you have to wait. Well, apparently with the pandemic, you know things have kind of shifted and people are releasing their movies early on video. And Universal likes it. 
they've made a lot of money and they're basically saying, we're going to keep doing this. Fuck the window. Yeah. I, <laughs> Why do you have to publicly say it though? Like, I mean, even if y'all were thinking about it, like behind closed doors, why do you have to publicly say it? Yeah, it's just yeah. I feel like that's unnecessary. And their next one, their the the next one they plan on doing is the King of Staten. Yeah, which is uh, Pete Davidson's autobiographical comedy. Yeah, um, and I mean that's a biggie, directed yeah. by Judd Apatow and everything. It was supposed to be out, and um, so yeah, it's supposed to follow. Uh, uh, Pete Davidson's life and how he came up and got into SNL and all that good stuff. So I I don't know, man. I yeah. just I don't understand why. Like I said, why did you have to say that? That's it's unnecessary. Like the theater is always going to be a great place to go and take your family, and it's always going to. I hope it's always there because it is just such an amazing outing that kids will remember when they grow up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, of course, this did not go well. Like I said, it started a little bit of a war. AMC Theaters, which is the largest theater chain in the world, um, in response, <laughs> yeah. AMC announced it will no longer carry or play any of Universal Studios' films at any of its 1,000 locations, including the United States, Europe, and the Middle East. Yeah. Like, smack to the face. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, apparently... Um, Regal, the second largest uh, theater chain in the country, fouled suit and said that they will no longer do it as well. They're not going to show Universal Pictures films Damn. Uh, also. Damn. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so I, <laughs> awkward moment, awkward moment between yeah. the the studios and the theaters. So mm. yeah, uh, I don't I don't know how that's gonna play out. I, I mean, so okay, so as someone who's in the industry, Rebecca, and, and an actor, and and you know, a part of a part of how this all goes down, because you've had success, obviously. I mean, you see on on like you brought it up earlier to the bone with Netflix and and the different type films. There's a market for these streamers and for video on demand. Um, and we've seen it work where, where Netflix will release a film and then just a few days later put it on Netflix. Yeah. Amazon, it works really well for Amazon. What's your, what's your thought on that? I mean, uh, do you think that there sh- they should continue that? I think it's 90 days, like yeah. a 90-day window before they can do it. Do you think it should be that long or do you think, eh, what, well, you know, whatever, release it at the same right. day? Or I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think it depends, you know, on the movie, um, you know, for like To the Bone – we did really well on Netflix because it's definitely a streaming movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, they played a week in theaters um, to, to qualify for the Oscars, but I, you know, I don't know how it would have done if it had only played in, in theaters first. It's not necessarily a movie that you would take your family to see. Right. Um, you know, especially if you have kids, but it's a, it's a movie that, that while you're at home you're like, Oh yeah, I'll definitely watch this. Um, so you know, it's hard to say like that you shouldn't put it on, you know, streaming, um, especially right now, like what you can watch trolls and those movies for like what, 20 bucks, which is a lot for if you only have like one person. Yeah. Right. But if you have a family of four or five, $20, that's like way cheaper than you would pay that's to go movies. see it. Yeah. So that's why they've probably made so much money. You I know, mean, that, yeah, that's an excellent point for... because your whole family can watch it for 20 bucks. But if you go to a theater in some of these larger markets, it's 20 bucks a ticket. Anyway, so yeah. you got four or five people yeah. in the family, you're paying, you know, well over a hundred bucks. That's not even with the snacks. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it right. makes sense. I totally, again, sm- I think smart. they'll probably come to some kind of agreement. I, I don't imagine them never playing Universal movies from now on. I mean, we have, like, it's funny because our AMC theater 
one of them is in Universal City Walk. Yep. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Thank goodness they're with closed Universal right now. Si- yeah, yeah. With Universal Studios, like, right next door to it. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be uh, a yeah. little contentious, wouldn't it? Mm. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how how it plays out. I'm sure they'll come to some kind of whatever. But, I mean, I think movies have to do what they feel like is going to get the best you know, revenue. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, you I don't can't, know, it's tough. You can't argue that. I mean, they're so expensive to make these days that you've got to try to recoup that budget and it, you, you got to put it where you think you're going to make the money. I mean, you're right. Yeah. It's just super crazy. And I mean, we've talked about it the past couple of weeks as well. Maybe this virus is kind of like the end of the multiplexes. Like maybe it's going to go back to the one or two screen theaters where it's just an event for the tentpole movies. What do you think about that for just having like the standalone tentpole movies in the theaters and then like kind of like the indie projects going to streaming? I mean, I don't know. I like going to the movies. Same. You know, before before all this, we had the AMC A-list and, and we saw, you know, at least a movie every week, yeah. um, like including, you know, the ones that you had, like Invisible Man. We saw The Hunt, which we really enjoyed and loved Invisible Man. Um, which, you know, we could have watched those at home, but it was, it, you know, there's something magical about also going to the movies. Not every movie does well in the theater, which is why streaming is great and works well for some movies. Um, but I, you know, I think I would miss if it was only, only the Avengers was like the only thing there. Right. Like, <laughs> that would be, you know. I, I get, yeah, I, I see that. Um, and if that does happen, like, like I said, I think you're going to see some of these smaller art films or indie films play back at like College Bijou's and, and yeah. like places like that. And because you still want to see it on a theatrical screen. I mean, I'm kind of down for it. Like, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, it'd yeah, be interesting it's, to see it's, what happens. Yeah. All right, and we were just talking about Woody Harrelson, yeah. right? So, um, some this is interesting. Will Woody Harrelson be back? I hope so, man. Lionsgate has hired American Hustle scribe Aaron War- Eric Warren Singer. Now you see me three. Ah, uh, I yeah. loved both of them. Me so too. I would I, really love for all of the original cast to come back, like the original OG cast from like the first one. Exactly. I was, I was kind of a little upset that some of the people didn't come back for the second one, but I mean, you know, business. But come is on, business. Harry Potter was in it. Well, uh, yeah. You know, Harry Potter was in the second one, and you're a big I, Harry Potter fan. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I did though. I thought the first one was like really original and yeah. like a unique thing we hadn't seen in a while. I agree, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I guess that's kind of good news because they said, um, that this one is going to be a new take. He's going to introduce new characters into the franchise, but leave it open for, for a possibility to have the originals in it. So I guess it's going to focus on a new group, but I guess somehow have cameos for the old crew. Yeah. So, um, it's all about building a universe now. (laughs) It is every day. I think that as awesome as the MCU is, they have changed the game and now everybody wants a universe. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just not sure it's the right thing to do with every franchise. Yeah, certain projects. It's like, eh. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. Were you a fan of the first one, uh, Rebecca? Nice. Huge it. fan. Yeah. yeah. I love anything magic. So count me in for any of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I mean, come on. Anything yeah. with Morgan Freeman is just – I, I still want him to narrate my life. Right. <laughs> I just want Morgan Freeman or Nikki James, either one of those two, to narrate my Whichever. life and I would be happy. Exactly. Both are awesome. I don't know, man. I uh, watched the Meghan Markle Elephants documentary and I'd have her narrate my <laughs> life. I'm just saying. <laughs> or, or Meghan Markle. Okay, whatever. You know. Um, so she's cool. Loved her on Suits. All right. Yeah. Meghan Markle. Let's let's put all that down. Oh, so, um, my goodness. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, yeah, I, I can't take this one. You, you've got to do it because this is your guy. Yes, this is your guy. Kevin Smith has announced that he has finished the second Mallrats script, Twilight of Mallrats, the sequel of the cult favorite Mallrats from 1995. Yes. He said it's gonna come out, guys. You see my Funko on the YouTube video, still in the box because we cannot damage it. <laughs> Comic Con exclusive. But oh my goodness, I'm so excited about that and to bring in all the original cast members back and oh so epic it's gonna be really cool it's set 25 years after the original of course so of Makes course sense. um and like you said all of the originals are back and it's gonna it's set up speaking of building a universe this this was actually suggested by a fan and now they're kind of moving forward with this building the ask universe yes <laughs> so you know ask is the name of his production company so ask universe is how they're going to do it and um the the premise i guess is they imagine about what happens when the sidewalk sales end and happily ever after is easier to say than it is to live. I mm. guess it's like a mall apocalypse. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> so goofy. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob with the rest of the gang with a mall apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to see it? Exactly. So I mean, just... he talked a little bit on it on the Jay and Silent Bob reboot Roadshow, which which we were so fortunate enough to get to go see. Yes. And it was just epic to see his passion for all of his projects, man. It's true, and and his appreciation for the fans that see them. And uh, his story about how he basically got screwed by the Weinsteins with yeah. the whole, you know, but was able to screw them back and get Jay and Silent Bob. That was exactly. awesome to hear. So um, big Kevin Smith fans, and, and we're excited about this. You like Kevin Smith? Uh, you better not say no. J Lo will be very mad. No. <laughs> No, I mean, I haven't seen the original movie in a, in a long time, yeah. but I'm down. I'm down for a sequel. Definitely. Definitely. I hope they do a Chasing Amy sequel. Oh, it'd be so good. Especially after the, the last Jay and Silent Bob when they had, like, what was going on with exactly. the characters. I would love to see that exactly. follow-up, Exactly, and man. him and Ben are on good terms now. Yeah, they're, so. they're buddies again, so, you know. That'd <laughs> exactly. be, that'd be... I am your father. <laughs> Inside joke between both of them. <laughs> it's really right. weird. Ben found the way back, <laughs> yeah. and it's all good. It's okay. <laughs> Speaking of, that's the last movie we saw by the way yeah. i went i went and looked back the way back was the last film yeah. we saw in theaters before all this shit started yeah so that's crazy. it was a good one if you haven't seen rebecca the way back it's really good i haven't yet yeah it's a good one i mean it's basically his life story you know after the whole addiction but it, it, it's really right. good really good um so yeah you you were pumped about that obviously so, so um hmm. Netflix. Netflix. We can't not talk about Netflix, right? Of course. Uh, the creator of Orange is the New Black, Jinji Kohan, she's working on a quarantine anthology series. This makes sense to me. Yeah. I feel like everybody's got this idea now, like, what are you doing at home when you're stuck at quarantine? For sure. Let's show everybody what we're doing. So, And they're doing it really interesting, though. So, like, they're creating and producing virtually so the cast and crew you know and everybody doesn't have to be involved with staying with each other or being around each other the writers never meet they're all writing from their houses or doing it all separate so crazy um the director directed the talent remotely so i'm guessing like zoom or, or on that format or whatever and all of the actors performed all their own scenes from their living rooms epic so and then they they bring this all together and edit it and kind of put it out there and like so you know I love that we're still making projects. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, Hollywood will not be deterred. They were like, we will find a way. Uh, our friend Spencer Garrett and Jeremy Gordon, they're doing that yeah. with their little uh, soap opera series, yeah, Quarantine. I love and, it. Um, so good. I, yeah, and thankfully, the technology like Zoom exists yeah. that, that you can do this kind of stuff. So... Um, it's a beautiful thing, man. Technology can be so great sometimes. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you, obviously, a lot of the creators are using it. And Rebecca, you've done a really good job. A lot of these... Um, 
Instagram videos where you're teaming up and, and, and like doing videos with other people yeah. kind of a thing. I think it's a, a, it's yeah. a really cool thing to do during quarantine, you know? So, yeah. I mean, we don't have much else to do, so. <laughs> <laughs> These watch parties. You should do a watch party with To The Bone, Rebecca. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah <laughs> or yeah, even the episode just, with S- uh, well, it's just, it's just It's just such a sad movie. Right, like, it is, well, but you so know, you can tell hard, all kinds but... of cool stuff. Uh, or or yeah. you could do it with the candy snatcher. Just do, you know, yeah. <laughs> just do Esther. Yeah. That'd be awesome, too. <laughs> that would be epic. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, or uh, kill people. You've got so many good things you could do ever. a watch party yeah. with. I mean, it would be so yeah. good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, speaking of watch party, not too many more of these. Yeah. Fuller House. Yeah. Ma- ma- maybe Aunt Becky can do one from prison. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Um, ooh. <laughs> Fuller House. <laughs> That'd be an interesting watch party, wouldn't it? Right. Fuller House is going to drop the final episodes um, June 2nd. Okay. Yeah. The last time we saw it, they had to split the season, I mm. guess, because of the whole COVID thing or whatever. Yeah. So the last time we actually saw any episodes in, in the final season was uh, December. Damn. Back in December. Yeah. So it's coming back June 2nd, and that's going to be it. It's yeah. going to be the final goodbye. I mean, this is my final goodbye. I like that. <laughs> this yes. is the like a proven thing right here that reboots could possibly work. They did a reboot the right way. They did do it the right way. Yeah. Um, so I, I think if it's a beloved series and you – and see, I think the reboot is a bad idea. I think the revisit is a good idea. Yeah. Like if we move forward and like where yeah. are they now yeah. kind of – I think those work – really well i think when they try to reboot a franchise i think it's a bad idea yeah so i i don't i don't know i don't know um but i i think it was really good i don't think it was as good as the original so i'm kind oh, no. i'm kind of okay they're wrapping yeah. it all up I, I feel like they wrapped it up pretty good yeah so um i don't know how it ends obviously i won't know until june you won't. but um we do know aunt becky won't be there though <laughs> yeah it's no. like it's no. like no. that no. i'm excited though i i loved the original Full House was like the first show I remember really watching. I was like three when it came out, yes. I think. Originally. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just aged myself. That's uh, so. all right. And me too, um, but that's okay. That's okay, Gab. I was, young I, I was not three. Out. Yeah, I was not yeah. three. <laughs> but that was like my first show that like every week we watched. And at first I loved Stephanie and then I loved Michelle. And, you know, so – as cheesy as the new one is, I love it. Yeah, I right. Love, I love it. I've watched all of them. I love the jokes back to the original. Um, I just think it's great. So, I, you know what I'm really hoping for, though? I just don't think they're going to get the twins back. I know. But I had I heard a rumor that Ashley, I mean, um, uh, um, yeah, you know, Scarlet Witch there. Yeah. You know, uh, Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth. She, yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah. I, I heard a rumor that she would be willing to come back and play Michelle. Oh, wow. And she looks so much yeah, like them exactly. that it would be a running joke that she comes back and she looks just a tad different. But, like, what, you know, <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. I think well, somehow. Well, because, like, we, you know, when we drop, when we finished with them, they were like, what, 11? Yeah, yeah. No, not even. Like, they were like eight, eight. I think eight or nine. So there's not like you'd believe you we'd believe it. Yeah, right. exactly. believe it that, that was her grown up. I'm like, just one episode, just one Just one. Like, exactly. If you can't get the actual one, twins back, one. bring back A Olson, right? Like just get it done. Yeah. Get it uh, done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. 
Uh, let's see. They've also secured the distribution rights, talking about Netflix, A Week Away, a faith-based musical starring Bailey Madison, who was huge on uh, Good Witch, big Hallmark yeah. channel uh, actress, and, I mean, she's had some stuff. Yeah. Uh, Sherry Shepard. Um, so we know right now faith-based – it's <laughs> – Faith-based, and I'm about to say, it's kicking ass! But, uh, you know, faith-based movies are. They're doing really, really doing well. Doing really well. That's right. They're doing really <laughs> That's well. That's so funny, because reminiscing back to our 100th episode, we also had a, a section of the industry news where we were talking about another face, uh, faith-based film. So. Yeah. It makes sense. You know, I, I think there's a need for them right now. I think that audiences are connecting with them right now. Yeah. They're also one of the rare things that, that are relatively inexpensive to make and yet generate huge profits. Great. It, whether it be at the theater or video on demand. Yeah. So it only makes sense that Netflix would get on this, you know? I agree. It makes sense. So, and Bailey, I mean, if you're going to do a faith-based and you're going to base it on a streamer, you pluck somebody from Hallmark, oh, yeah. right? For I mean, sure. That totally makes sense. I mean, you know, got to get that. Got to get that. Hell yeah. Um, let's see. Amazon. Yeah, oh, man. Continuing the streamers. Always, always. I mean, they have... They are the most recent company to partner with the NFL, and they have inked a multi-year extension deal for a Thursday night football, which, I mean, is amazing because after, like, I think it's after the first four games, then you can watch um, the Thursday night football highlights, or not the highlights, but the actual game on uh, Prime. So Yeah. And I'm glad this is just going to keep going. I and wish it was the, all of the season. But. Yeah, and they've added uh, one exclusive game per year, so they're, they're sticking to that whole thing. This is much better than – this makes much more sense to me to continue this deal yeah. than that whole Nickelodeon thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see my NFL games on Nickelodeon with SpongeBob. Yeah, I no. just don't. I didn't understand that deal. This one makes much more sense. Um, and Amazon, yeah, what a, what a portal, right? They get to stream it on more than 200 different countries. Yeah. So, you know, and American football is, like, extremely popular yeah. overseas. So. Makes total sense to me that they would do that. Super excited about it. We know we, we won't even ask you, Rebecca, because as you've established, <laughs> if it's not the Dallas Cowboys, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. And I'm okay matter. with this. I am okay with this. <laughs> we oh, had a good goodness. draft. I think this is going to be a good year for us. And, uh, I hope yeah, so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so goofy, so goofy. Now it's time for own Oprah. We love Oprah. Everybody knows. That's right. As we know, the only O that matters. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> we established that last week. Yes, we did. Um, Oprah has launching a new unscripted Saturday Night Blocking and has ordered two virtually produced series for her own network, OWN. Right. <laughs> if you're going to have a network, you own. Yeah, exactly. I own this shit. I own, own this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's got, let's see, um, Fear Not with Alania Van Zant and Girlfriends Check In. So that's going to be the two little, you know, show block on Saturday nights. Epic. Um, yeah. And their statement was, Oprah's statement, uh, well, through her company, yeah. now more than ever before we want to provide our audience with programming that unites us and uplifts us. There you go. So, I mean, you know, it makes, makes sense. so much sense. And I mean, she's just killing it. She's so freaking active in the entertainment industry. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Fear not with Alanya there. It's going to feature Alanya. No. No. Um, offering her <laughs> guidance during the pandemic. Nice. It's going to include guests such as Oprah, B.B. Uh, Winans, okay. and um, even financial financial advisors to kind of like help guide you That's through if you're cool. struggling with finances and stuff so you know oprah she always got to drop some knowledge so good. can't just be entertaining she got to so drop good. knowledge too um girlfriends check in is going to bring different groups of female celebrity friends together for virtual get-togethers to share like laughter and support and gossip 
Oprah and her friends gossiping. That's so good. That, that's Sit down on the couch, be. have a little wine. Like. I want to be there. I want to gossip with Oprah. <laughs> like, I mean, does it have to be all female friends? Why can't it just be male friends gossiping with Oprah too? Oh, like, where's goodness. Stedman? I know, right? Sted, you know Gail's going to be there, but where will Stedman be? Oh, my uh, god, You're not involved, Stedman. Gail. <laughs> like, uh, you know. That's so funny. Rebecca, we're going to call Oprah up and see if you can go. Awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm down. <laughs> What would you discuss with Oprah? Like, seriously, if you know. were sitting across from Oprah, what would you ask? I would just be like, tell me all the things. Exactly. <laughs> tell me all of the things about everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Oprah is the great Zen master. <laughs> tell me everything. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just sit and listen. That's exactly. right. That's right. How can I achieve? <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so freaking funny. Honesty. I love Rebecca. Honest. The honest oh, answer yeah. is I'd ask her every – tell me everything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean other huge freaking award things going on, Daytime Emmys, the National Academy of Television Arts and Science, uh, has announced that the 47th annual Daytime Emmy Awards will carry on without an in-person ceremony this year. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's right. Like I mean sorry Eric Braden and like all the Young and the Restless and all the you know yeah. daytime Emmys like Jeopardy and like yeah. all those man that sucks not gonna be in person this year yeah. it's gonna, oh what and I mean I bet they'll be record setting for that as well just to see how it's gonna go down oh I mean you know everybody that tunes in to I mean most of the audience for I feel like for daytime Emmy awards is for the soap operas oh yeah for sure you know I mean the talk shows yeah like Ellen and stuff but I feel like that majority of that audience tunes in for the soap opera yeah. awards and um yeah they'll they'll be turning in droves I would guess yeah. Um, yeah, they're also going to combine it with, uh, sports news documentary and technology. You know how they always do the technology and engineering kind of stuff? Yeah. Same way the Oscars do. They do that off screen, Makes like sense. in a different ceremony type thing. Yeah. That's, they're going to combine all that this year and do it all together. Yeah. So. Really. I, it's be interesting, man. We're setting such a weird time. Award shows via Zoom. Yeah, it's right. It's so weird. I, I mean, I just, if the Oscars end up being that way, I that know. is going to be like the weirdest thing ever. That would suck. But, I mean, Tom Hanks is here to save us. It's, though, no matter what's going on, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are here to save us. They have donated their blood to help cure COVID-19. It's true. Yeah. There's a reason why he's known as the nicest man in Hollywood. I know. I mean, he lives up to it every day. And you saw this one little fan. I guess he kind of wrote him something and, like, you know, it wrote him a letter and he wanted to do this kind of – and Tom Hanks sent him – like this old vintage typewriter yeah. that he had, like so this, epic. like yeah, and said, you know, learn how to use it and write me back with the typewriter, yes. kind of a thing. It was a little kid who had gone through some stuff with COVID and stuff. I mean, he's so like just ridiculously nice. I know. Like, I it mean, makes me want to cry sometimes. It's just, I mean. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Who doesn't love Tom Hanks? I know. And if there's anybody's yeah. blood that will find like a cure for COVID, it's, it's going to be Tom Hanks. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, it's unbelievable. I, I, I take Tom Hanks' blood. Yeah. And I, I, Hank scene. Hank scene. The, the yes. Hank scene instead of vaccine. I love that. The Hank scene. Um, so oh I, don't, I guess we'll find out. It says at least 12 to 18 months to actually like formulate it all. Yeah. And if it does work, find a cure kind of a thing. So a year from now, maybe we'll all have some of Tom Hanks in us. <laughs> <laughs> Just Tom so. Hanks blood, you know, it's, like, it's okay, it's all right. Oh my oh. goodness, man. I'll take it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't want Tom Hanks blood? It's like, give me a vial. I'll pay whatever. It's going to be vials of Tom Hanks blood. It's going to be on the black market. It's going to be great. Oh my goodness, that's so great. <laughs> all right. Now, I mean, the biggest news of industry news. And, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Rebecca. Rebecca Kelly. Of course. I mean, we have to talk about... We mentioned... I mean, Special Victims Unit, just absolutely brilliant. So we we good. always talk about it. it. Whenever it's on, we seem to always catch it whenever it's on, too. It's I like, know. oh, shit, there it is. We're so lucky. Uh, I mean, it's like so <laughs> badass. Um, so, so okay, so you got the Dick Wolf franchise, right? So now, of course, you got to go to Shonda. Yeah. You got you to move to Shondaland because, yes. I mean, yes. th- that's where you go after Dick Wolf. Exactly. You go to Shondaland. <laughs> Um, tell everybody you're going to be on this week's Station 19. Yes. So not tonight. No. Because uh, there's an episode tonight, but next week, yes. May 7th, yes. I will be guest starring, yeah, like you said, on Station 19. So I've been a huge fan of the Shondaland universe for a long time, a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. Yes. So I was totally stoked to get to work on it, and everyone's so nice. And I can't say anything about my role. I was, no. I'm under strict. Yes. Instructions sense. not to reveal anything. Totally, it would be totally. a huge spoiler. But um, <laughs> damn it, maybe I can come on after. Oh, we're definitely having you come on after, of course. Without that. so, what was the cast like? I mean, because uh, you know, we've we've heard all these stories about the cast of Grey's Anatomy and how they are and how familial they are and like a bonded type group or whatever. It, it, did did you find that same type atmosphere on Station Nineteen? Yeah, I mean, they're so nice. I mean, there were some actors um, there, which this isn't a spoiler because that was in in the press release, um, that were also from Grey's that were coming to be on the episode. Nice. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you know, they've been working together for that cast for three years. And then, of course, the people from Grey's have been working forever. And so it's always, you know, I always say it's a little weird coming in at first because you're not really sure how you're going to fit in because they've been working together for so long. And they're kind of, you know, just a well-oiled machine by that point, but they were still welcoming and encouraging and supportive and kind and so nice. Like my friend Emma is actually on the episode uh, tonight and we were talking, we're like, why are they so nice? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and inclusive, like, you know, at lunch, they're like, Oh, come sit, come sit with us. Don't sit by yourself. You know, we're, we're not to say that not everyone's nice, but you know, some casts of shows, um, because they've been doing it so long, they don't necessarily eat with everyone else. They right. kind of take that time to for themselves, which I totally get because otherwise they don't get any. Um, but they ate lunch with the rest of us, which was really nice. So I wasn't just like by myself. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were just really kind of nothing but lovely things to say about them. And I'm really excited for everyone to see the episode because I think you're going to really like it. And it's a different character for me. I can say oh. that. Ooh. Oh wait! Oh, a different character. Interesting. Now I'm really excited. I know, right? Now I'm really excited. (laughs) So, and what were the chances of that? Of you and one of your besties like uh, being on the same show and then being able to talk about that? That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, I mean, I I saw on Instagram she was working on something, and and you know me being nosy and wanting to be supportive, (laughs) I was like, "What are you working on?" Um, Because I just seen her, you know, and she hadn't said anything, and she's like, "Oh, I just found out on Monday night that I." you know, I booked station 19 and I was like, Oh my God, that's so amazing. And then, so I, you know, I found out for her like on a Monday and then, um, I had an audition on Friday Oh, nice! and I was like, Hey Emma, I'm going in for the show. And then Monday, (laughs) Monday night I had booked it and I was on set on starting Tuesday. So it was very, uh, a kismet, you know, experience for sure. That Um, is so awesome. When I was on set, I was like, 
my friend was just on the episode before this. Like, oh my god. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, and it, yeah, that I mean, I just, I just, that's fantastic, and I can't wait to see what a different character I is. I know, I'm so gonna excited. Be so cool. And you guys got to do you and Emma got to keep doing more videos because y'all stuff so together good. is freaking hilarious. Yeah. By the way, I no, just like you. I think they are so funny, especially we haven't seen a reenactment in a while. You guys got to get back on those reenactments because right? they are just. Oh, I know. Well, we haven't. We ha- she's in Texas, so oh, we yeah, haven't well. been. We haven't been, um, you know, they, they pretty much after the industry shut down, her and her mom went back because um, her family's in Texas. So yeah. we haven't been hanging out, so we haven't done it and been able to do any, but we'll definitely have to pick that back up. All right. You got, you got, um, you got to, we got Zoom now, Rebecca. Okay. <laughs> you guys got to do a Zoom reenactment. Okay. All right. I'm just saying. would <laughs> be so good. That would oh, be interesting. It would be my, interesting. My friend is, my friend Kayla, I did a, I did a, instagram live with her i don't know if you guys caught it um not this week but last week she's on the flash and uh she and her husband she wrote this cute little short film and i say cute it's it's she's like playing a a i shouldn't say cute it's really well done uh, in in their apartment just her and him and she's playing like a zombie but can talk you know it's like and so it's like after the pandemic as if like we turned into zombies oh, and her husband's like a regular guy yeah. and they're like let's we're quarantined let's hang out together like, one, <laughs> one episode it. so far it's on her instagram uh kayla compton if you guys haven't checked out but uh we were joking about how i was like oh i'm so jealous because i told my husband you were doing that and he was kind of like cool like i'm not <laughs> brandon's like you. no right. no does it involve singing or a bachelor no <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah. So my friend was like, if I write something for you, will you? And I was like, yes. So she's writing me a short film that I can film inside my apartment. Yes. And I told my husband, I was like, you're going to have to help me because I can't record it and be in it. So he agreed. <laughs> well, there you go. So, so that's going to be awesome. I, don't, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know what it's going to be about, but I'm super excited to that's get great. it. That's great. That's kind of more exciting. Hopefully you have no idea what it's going to be about. Right? But... Yeah. <laughs> Well, awesome. So now, yeah, you're definitely going to have to come back, talk about Station 19 and your short film. Definitely. I mean, it's going to be yeah. awesome. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, once I can actually um, – once you guys have seen it, then we can actually talk about talk about it because, yeah, it's not – yeah, I can't say much. So We knew. It's okay. We just wanted to let oh, the okay. world know to watch it. So Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, I think it's going to be a really good episode. And, and uh, another friend of mine is actually – Ivana is actually on the episode tonight as well. She plays um, the mom of uh, Danielle. So I'm I have like so many friends that are that are on stuff right now. It's so awesome. Yeah, that is really good news. So I mean, it's always fun like to to see people you know doing it and and living the dream. It, it's so awesome. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Well, now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one and only. Well, not the one and only because it's not the other one from This Is Us. We got Mandy Moore coming yes. on this show. Mandy from, Moore. Nope, not her. Nope, not her from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Oh, my goodness. She was just phenomenal to talk to. I'm so excited for everybody to hear this one. I know. And, like, you know, and not just – of course, everybody's talking about Zoe's right now yeah. because it's so original and such a unique thing and it's just, like, whooping ass right now. But how many people – I was shocked to find out, you know, when we were doing the research and, and getting ready to interview her, that she's the mastermind behind La La Land, all the choreography in La La Land, and that big epic dance scene on the freeway and shit, yeah. and like Silver Linings so Playbook, great. and so like good. yeah, and all this kind of stuff, and how her and Austin met. It's just a really fun interview. I think people are gonna. She was a lot of fun. I agree. I agree. And I mean, so many 
like pieces of advice that she leaves for the up and comers. I'm just so excited for everybody to hear this one. Yes. And I'm going to hold her too, teaching me to dance. Yeah. You I'm should. like, I want to be a ballroom dancer. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be on the next dancing with the stars. That's right. Like, that's right. So funny. Well, here she is. Mandy Moore. Welcome inside the crazy ant farm. How are you today? Uh, I am excellent. You know, I'm in the, uh, the old quarantine land, but I'm good, <laughs> healthy, happy, and safe. So there you yeah, go. thanks the, for having me. Oh, absolutely. We are super pumped. I know the listeners are going to be pumped. We always get a huge response whenever we have anybody from the show on. Uh, Zoe's is a huge hit. We love it. The listeners love it. So we could not be more happy to talk to you today. Um, and, and you have the dubious distinction. We have had many actors, actresses, producers, writers, directors, but you are our first choreographer. So we are super pumped. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Yes. I love this. You take the title. You <laughs> That's take the right. Title. You take the title. <laughs> <laughs> so of course we want to talk all about Zoe's, but what we like to do first is kind of introduce you a little bit to our listeners and kind of talk about the background, how you got into it, how you made the transition into the entertainment field and all that kind of good stuff. So oh. how, how did you get started? Did you always know you wanted to be a dancer? Was it, was it always in the cards or how'd that all come about? Yeah, well, you know, I am from a very, very small town in Colorado, Frisco, Colorado. It's a mountain ski town. Mm. And um, I was a psycho kid dancing everywhere. (laughs) And (laughs) luckily, there was this like amazing little local dance studio. And uh, my mom saw the dance, the actual owner in the post office one day and said, I have this kid that will not stop dancing. <laughs> and so they put me in, my parents put me into the classes at the studio and I just grew up uh, loving that place so much. You know, I was that kid that went in my first day and I just had felt like that's it. Like I found what I should be doing, which sounds so weird. I mean, I was like eight, but you know, I, I just loved being in class. I loved the music. I loved moving. I loved the instruction, the challenge. And, um, I ended up very quickly. Like, I think I started with tap and ballet mm. and before you knew it, you know, a month later I was already signed up for break dancing and belly dancing oh, nice. and modern <laughs> and jazz. I mean, I could not get enough. So I was at the studio seven days a week, you know, all day, every day. Sure. And yeah, I mean, that was, it's odd because I think at a young age, I really knew that this is what I wanted to do. I didn't know maybe how you could do it, Mm -hmm. but I knew that I, you know, dance for me was just, that was it. Like I've never wanted to do anything else in my whole life. That's that's awesome. Yeah, really. You can you can hear the passion passion. in your voice just (laughs) talking about it. So that so that's amazing. So I like that you brought that up. Then let's talk about that. How do you? This is what I want to do. I'm passionate about it. I love every second of it. But like you said, you're not sure. How can I do this? What what do I do as a living for this? So how do you? How does that path come about? Where do where do you go after you're eight and you decide this is your passion? (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about how you move forward from there. I think what's interesting is, you know, I come from a very supportive family. So my parents were in the arts. My my mom and dad worked at a community theater. My mom was a director and my dad was an actor. And Mm -hmm. so I understood, I think, at an early age that you could make a living or that you could spend your time doing something artistic. So that wasn't new. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, I was this kind of weird anomaly in my family where I was the only one who danced. And so in middle school, my mom and dad really looked for kind of outlets for me during the summer. So I would go to performing arts camps. And I went to this one in Steamboat Springs called Perry Mansfield. And I think at that point in in my kind of dance education, I started to understand that 
there were people that were parts of companies and, you know, different parts of the country that would come and teach us. So I was like, oh, cool. Like you can actually get paid to teach and choreograph. And, you know, I, I, in my small mind, I think that's where I was kind of first understood the idea of actually like this could be something that I could do past you know, just high school or whatever. And, you know, I, I used to watch tons of the movies. I'm a kid of the eighties. So I just love yes. Footloose and, Flash <laughs> Dance and, you know, like those films are so cool. And just to see these people dancing, you know, I turned 18 and I just thought, Oh, I'm going to LA. There I'm you stupid. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like an ignorance of bliss thing, honestly. And I, you know, I was at a dance studio my last couple years of high school in Denver, I would also train at my small studio, but I'd go to Denver and I had this teacher that was, took us to LA for one summer, you know, and I took classes at a professional studio in LA. And again, I think that just opened my brain up to like, oh, there's someone I just saw in that movie taking class with me. Right. Oh, okay. This is how you do this. And then, you know, as any kid does, you just start to ask questions. And I, I knew that there weren't any college programs for what I wanted to do. You know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to dance in film and television and there were none, if very few programs that, you know, that would offer that kind of training. So I moved to LA when I was 18 and just started dancing at professional studios and, yeah, you, know, you guys are, you live in LA, so you know, it's all about networking. You find people Definitely. and you meet someone and you take class and then that person asks you to assist here. And then before you know it, you're like, oh my God, I'm working, I'm choreographing on So You Think. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. First of all, you've moved way up on my list of favorites because you're an 80s child. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me too. Amazing. <laughs> 80s rule. So I love that though. You you know you it, there is no real path. So you make one. You go out there and say, "This is how I'm going to do it. I got to find it. This is what I want to do." And and you do it. I love that. Yeah, for sure. I think with dance, especially, and you know, I don't I don't know tons about where you guys come from, and I can't wait to learn more about you too. But I think it's one of those like weird paths that there's no right way. You know, and a lot, especially with dance. You know, I think concert dance, you can go to a very reputable school and that might open up some doors for you and companies. But mm-hmm. as far as commercial dance, you just got to go mm-hmm. and try it. And there's a, you know, on the job chain, same thing. I think for Broadway, there's maybe some schools that you can go to that might help funnel you into the business, but also you just like, you go, you go to New York and you audition and you figure it out and you learn very quickly when you're a turd ball at an audition, <laughs> what you need to do to fix it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. And talk about that a little bit, the auditioning process. Cause I mean, we hear, we have a lot of actors that come on and talk about their auditioning practice, but like for choreographers and for dancers trying mm-hmm. to get into, especially musicals like La La Land, uh, hint, hint, mm-hmm. nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> how do, is it like the same type of audition process? Do they have to go on the website and, and apply or how does that work? Well, what's interesting about LA and I, you know, I'm not as familiar with New York, so I can't really speak about that, but in LA, there are, you know, there's dance agents mm-hmm. and people that they're just like an actor would have. So as a choreographer and as a young dancer, you really look to those agencies to help get the information about an audition or to to get information about an audition to dancers. So, you know, for a while there, it was about when I first moved to L.A., it was about looking in the trades. Mm-hmm. You know, they would have, you know, so much of that was like, oh, there's an audition today at four, da, da, da. And you get it that information through the trades right you know the the dance agency world has grown a lot in the last 20 years so that's kind of like the first place that you go to i mean i'm represented by an agent 
many dancers, most dancers in LA are that work professionally. And so mm-hmm. you kind of, that's, that's the through line. Now for La La Land, let's get into it. Let's yes. do it. <laughs> I mean, definitely by far one of my favorite films of all time. The opening oh, sequence thanks. is fantastic. So good. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the moonlight dance is, is just brilliant. Oh. Everything about it. I mean, we just absolutely adored that film. So, yeah, definitely let's talk about that. And <laughs> another one I want to talk about, too, is Silver Linings Playbook because oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dance in there is as much a character as, as the rest yeah. of the characters, I thought. Uh, played a pivotal yeah. role in that film. So, what's the process like that? Oh, in, in that, I mean, how closely do you work with the director and, and the people to choose the music? Are you involved in the choosing of the music do they kind of come to you and say this is what we're thinking this is what we want to do or how does that whole process work yeah well it's it's different for every job for sure but for silver lines playbook that was my first film basically that was my first work film like especially like <laughs> it's a big film actually absolutely yeah, I love it. for a first that was a pretty bold move yeah, right? epic. yes oh my gosh and it was very weird how i got the job because there was another choreographer that had been working with david russell the director mm-hmm. and it wasn't working out for timing, creative, whatever. Bottom line, he was let go. And I somehow got a call with him and later found out that the executive producer's wife was a fan of my work on So You Think. So mm. that's kind of how that happened. They reached out to my agent. I got on this call with this director guy named David O'Russell, which thank God I was too ignorant to even know who he was because <laughs> I would have been so nervous yeah. <laughs> to talk to him. You know, and, and I had just seen The Fighter, which is one of my favorite films. Right. Oh, so good. Yeah, I didn't connect that with him. You know, I'm on this call with him. He's telling me about this crazy dance scene he wants to do in his next film. And somehow I got the job. Who knows? Flew to <laughs> Philadelphia and... I mean, to say that I worked closely with David would be an understatement. I mean, I basically, you know, ate, slept, breathed everything about Silver Linings for three months in Philly and did, I can't tell you how many versions of that number. I mean, it was in the hundreds for sure. Every day we were redoing different parts of it. And, you know, David's process is very, um, very organic and it's very of the moment and when he knows he doesn't like it he doesn't like it and he wants to scrap everything and start over or he might be like i like that one move i hate the song you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was a very crazy incredibly challenging and amazing process and i worked very closely with him and i it, i'm so thankful for him and his time and that in, in that film and first of all the film was incredible Absolutely. i also didn't even know like i i think if also if i had again ignorance if i had known how important that final scene was oh my god i mean <laughs> I, like, I probably never even would have called him back you know but it, luckily i didn't really know i kind of didn't understand the tone of the film when i read the script i was like i don't really get this and then you know getting in there and creating it and working with bradley and jennifer i mean it was like and david i mean he would just for hours, guys. Like, I don't even know what to, how to really explain this, but it was like, it was very closely aligned and many versions of those songs cut together because, you know, in that particular film, there were so many different songs sure. that were a part of that. And, you know, whereas then almost the direct opposite, but still very closely aligned with how I worked with the director was Damien and La La Land. You know, when I read the script, I was sent most of those demos from Damien and Justin and they were in very, like, beautiful shape at that point you know Mm -hmm. like they were fully realized demos so when i was reading the script and talking to damien i was working with a roadmap that pretty much already existed as far as the music right uh you know so it was just about understanding like where damien wanted to go with 
the storytelling of the moment. And he's very clear about how he likes to shoot things too, which is a dream as a choreographer. Cause uh-huh. you know, he basically tells you, I want the camera facing here and it's going to go like this. And you're like, great. Okay. I just have to fill in the frame, <laughs> you know, and I've got to make sure that it works. So you so. block around his camera blocking then, right? Yeah. I mean, you choreograph to the way he wants to block the camera. Yeah. In that particular um, film. Yes. He's very, Damien's very visual. And so he sees in his mind when he's listening to the music, he he knows, you know, I want this to pull back for 10 seconds. And then we'll talk about, okay, well, what are you seeing in that frame? And I was like, well, I think I see something like this or that. And then I'll go, well, what about this? And, you know, it's a really collaborative process in that way. Right. Because um, he's not a dancer and he's not a choreographer, mm-hmm. but he really loves movement and timing and um, is actually a good dancer. <laughs> He'll never admit <laughs> that, but he is. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say, spending all the time with them and all, all, all the stuff that goes into it, the knowledge that uh, each of you must learn from the other has yeah. got to be amazing. I mean, to be able to, to do that. Um, okay, so let's talk about it, though, and, and you can spill the beans here. Nobody's listening, we promise. Shh. <laughs> how, uh, how were Bradley and Jen and, uh, you know, Emma and Ryan? Could they dance? Could Jeez. they not dance? Did they, I mean, <laughs> did you have to I beat mean, them into shape? What what went down there? <laughs> well, you know, there's always an element as a choreographer that you have to kind of beat people into shape, for sure, you know, because it's like... You end up being this like coach, therapist, like, uh, you know, I feel like I'm like a boot camp, like right. Marine <laughs> sergeant at times, and friend and peer, you know, like, so it's a really, it's a really cool process to get to create, especially with those kind of like very high level um, actors that are right. at the top of their game. And, you know, they're all four so different. So, it, you know, it's, it, it's funny, you really learn a lot about somebody when you're learning to dance together because it's really vulnerable you know and a lot of people have some very funny hang-ups about dance but I don't know where it comes from like maybe it's like a middle school thing or something where like someone told you you can't dance or something I don't know it's a very (laughs) odd thing you know and luckily you know in Silver Linings always has such a different film than La La Land but Mm -hmm. what was kind of interesting about both those films is that you know neither one of those, none of those characters were supposed to be perfect dancers. They were supposed to be humans in this moment. And it was really neat to like create from that space and, and realize like we weren't trying to hit a perfection as far as maybe a line or a transition or a texture, but really get to the root of the intention of the movement and the moment and the emotion and create from that. And you can't ask for better people to do that with than great actors, you know, cause they're all about that. Like it's all about, you know, what the story is, what the intention is, what the moment is. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not even really going to spill any beans because like Bradley was, I worked so hard and like so hard on himself. <laughs> and then Jen was like, uh, I, good luck for you. Like, good luck. You're going to try and get me to dance. And I was like, Oh sister, we are and, like, we would have the best time. And she, you know, like her character was so brilliant in that film and just like kind of a mess. And like, the way she played that final scene, you know, when she does the lift and she's like on top of it. Absolutely. And like, I, it just, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And that's all her, you know, she's so good. And then, you know, Emma is hysterically like particular. And then Ryan would be like, ah, I didn't quite get that, but I didn't really wants to practice it. You yeah. Know? So, <laughs> yeah. Just their little personalities were so fun. And, then, and the, what they all had in common is they wanted to work. They wanted to do there you it, go. you know, and get in rehearsal, which was great. 
Awesome, awesome, and we and we should mention before we transition into to the to the biggie that that, that we want to talk about, of course. Uh, I mean, you also have done choreography for the Oscars, Golden Globes, <laughs> Emmys. You're an Emmy winner yourself, so congratulations mm-hmm. on that. Thank you. Um, what's that like? I mean, that's got to be a lot of pressure, right? So, like, uh, you know, the most people watching ever, and you know, you have these big, huge <laughs> right? dance then, numbers. How I mean, much practice does it take? Like, how long do you get mm. to have to rehearse? Well, for the Oscars, what was really cool is that, well, first of all, my dear friend Raj Kapoor is, uh, was a co-EP on the show, and he is a, a choreographer dancer, and so it was really nice to have somebody on the production side that understands dance, you know, because sometimes there are people that are whole productions that no one really understands, like, mm-hmm. the craft and, like, what it takes, and thank God he knows that, you know, you can't throw something together in three hours and mm-hmm. get it on television. So, you know, we had some really beautiful time for the Oscars, uh, the LA, the La La Land performance mm-hmm. on the Oscars. We had, I want to say three eight hour days, which is amazing. And we, the nice thing is like, I'm so closely aligned with La La Land. So, I, you know, I had a little bit of a leg up yeah. <laughs> I know it back and forth, you know, and kind of have like a, you know, direct line to Damien and so Justin. So that was really nice. And uh, I just wanted to make something and we, uh, you know, the production for Oscars too, just wanted to make something that celebrated the film Mm -hmm. because it was such a huge film that year. And, you know, the two songs that they actually chose to put in there didn't originally have dance in them. Oh, And so it was nice to like find a world that kind of, we almost created like, I guess I'd call it a a dream ballet for La La Land, you know, just to show kind of all the elements that everyone would love and remember and, it was a huge moment, you know, not only for, for me personally to be able to do that, but also just for the community of dance, you know, and we hired, I think, over 100 dancers oh, wow. from the L.A. area in La La Land originally. And, you know, being on the Oscars, those dancers that got to be on the Oscars, I think it was like 30 of them. Mm. It was a huge moment. You know? We don't always get to do stuff like that. So it was really cool. Wow, that's okay. So, so how does Zoe's come in? Does Austin call you? Mm. Do you call Austin and be like, "I got to be on this show"? Right, like, like, because it, I mean, uh, we talk about this all the time, but it's so unbelievably brilliant and original, and like uh, no, nothing that it has been done before in this mm. type of a way, you know. So, the second we saw it, we were like, "Wow, this is going to be huge. This is going to g- grab on." Um, how, how do you? How does that even mm-hmm. work? Did, like I said, did he call you up and say, "I've got this idea," and you were like, "Yes," or how's that? <laughs> Down. It's actually, well, first of all, thank you for being such fans and saying what you just said, because we have really tried to make this a unique show. And I just makes me so happy that people are getting it. So thank you. Um, it's a funny story. And I'll tell the short version. <laughs> I was I was at a lunch. I was invited to a lunch for another project. And Austin was also invited. He, we were having another um, and I didn't know Austin was Austin. I'll get there in a second. But I went to this lunch. This guy, Austin, was invited as well as a writer to possibly work on this other project. Go into the lunch. Austin's like, hey, Mandy. I was like, hi. He was like, hey, I was in the wedding party for that dance you created for my best friends like 10, 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Got to. Yes. I was in my first year, so you think, this person, this woman at Fox had really good friends that were fans of the show, blah, 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 wanted their first dance choreographed by me. I was uh-huh. like, okay, cool, whatever. I don't have anything else going on. And did that. <laughs> Austin was in it. Oh, wow. my goodness. It's so crazy. Then cut to 10, 15 years later, and we're at this lunch. We reconnect. I remember his face. I was like, oh, yeah, you were a rascal. I remember you were a complete <laughs> rascal on that number. And we said goodbye, exchanged numbers, and about a week later, he sent me the um, 
uh, the script for the pilot. And he said that he, it looked like this pilot was going to get picked up. Would I read the script? Would I be, would I be interested in being involved? Of course, I read the script and immediately I just thought, this is magic. I love this. I see this world immediately. I love his writing. I love that it's a comedy and drama and it's got dance and performance and songs with real humans. Like, this was, I was already in. And so I called him back and I said, yeah, and, uh, I would love to. And he's like, great, you have the job. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of how it all started. <laughs> that's fair. Well, we have to say both Austin and Andrew spoke so highly of you and, yes. and the importance uh-huh. of you to the show and, and, and your contribution, you know, week in and week out. And uh, we couldn't agree more, obviously. Thank you. Um, Especially oh, that the, the the dance routine with the deaf dancers and and the oh. performance there that that was absolutely phenomenal. It was brilliant. I mean, just I haven't I, seen anything like that before on television or no. ever, honestly. Uh, true, true. Yeah. I mean, no, I, my nickname is the mouth, and I was speechless. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't even say anything. Like I was like, wow. Um, so let, let's talk about that process too. You brought it up a little bit earlier, and I I think it plays really heavily into Zoe. She said, you know, about dance that there's a vulnerability and. And I would even uh, even yeah. say an intimacy, you know, that when yeah. you dance. Um, so with the with this storyline and the character going on and, and everything that's happening in Zoe's life, how do you approach each number? I mean, do, I, do you work closely with Austin on the song selection, mm-hmm. or do you go to him and say, "I have this idea for this, and and this is what I want to do, and can we get this song?" Or because he kind of talked about how you guys clear the songs and everything, but how does it all come together? Do you work together to say, "Let's do this dance routine. It should be this song," or how does that all come in? Because I I just think that the routines and the songs are so perfect for each you know sequence. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's first I'll say that I've never met anyone that I have worked with thus far in my career that is so that I feel so closely aligned with than Austin, because there's just something that he and I share kind of the same creative brain. And we are very aligned tonally and how we see dance, how kind of also the music we like. Uh, and the stories we like to tell. So that we'll say that number one, I think, you know, 90% of it is just because he and I are kind of the same creative brain. It's very weird. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. He's like a brother from another mother. That's like, right. I don't know how that happened. But, you know, he, from early on, I credit him with understanding the importance of involving someone like me, if it was me or another choreographer, in the creative kind of groundwork of everything. Because then I'm able to do my job a lot easier. You know, I, I'm not guessing cause I'm in on those kind of ground floor creative discussions. And he, uh, you know, I will, I don't say that most of the time I come up with any music every once in a while, he'll like text me and say, Hey, I need a song for leave or something. And I'll suggest something, but right. he and the writers are so good. And they're like the way that they, he loves music. Also, he's got a really great ear for just good tunes that everybody knows and loves, you know, like he's really, he, he's a kid of the eighties. Like we are too. So yes. I think his, his like his musical sensibility is really, really fine tuned. And I think really good. So, you know, he will put a lot of the songs into the outline and, and send me an outline very early. And then he and I will get on these con- these phone conversations or we'll do in person. And we kind of call them like dance concept meetings mm-hmm. and he'll just, kind of word vomit out everything he thinks about something on with a song, you know, and a, a performance, something he sees and that ignites something in my brain. And then I word vomit back at him and we just have this 
collaboration where we'll go like, well, I think it's kind of a, this is a very intimate number. I want to feel this from the number. I always ask him, what do you want to feel? Right. That's a big one for me. It's like, how is it? Am, am I supposed to kind of giggle at this? Am I supposed to feel, am I supposed to feel sad at the end of this? Uh, you know, and then from understanding the like big emotional picture kind of moments, I can then start to figure out the vocabulary for the steps and then starts my creative process. Basically once I've extracted all information from Austin, then I go away and I just kind of marinate and go through a very ugly creative process. Like most creative (laughs) processes are. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I like birth or like create this thing and I'll send it back to him for notes. And then, you know, starts then that next little process of tweaking and, and making sure that it, you know, serves the story and that it's tonally right. And, you know, and then once we've kind of all agreed on what it is, then I teach the actors. And then once we teach the actors, it's go time. We mm, go. It's so. so good. And I mean, the dancing in itself, <laughs> like the music is its own character and the dancing is also its own character, I feel like, especially uh, it, it brings out so much emotion in these characters. So you're doing a phenomenal job. I love every second that I'm watching this uh, show. I- I mean, it's Thank true. You. We literally have conversations afterwards. Like we, we both, we what talked at least a half hour about the Billy Joel, yeah. you know, with Skylar <laughs> and Jane with the Billy Joel. So oh. yeah, I mean, that was so, so good. good. And then, uh, okay. And I'm just going to say it was it or was it not, at least in my mind, it was the, the crawl by Zoe across, <laughs> across the floor in the very, um, intimate dirty dancing inspired. Cause that was very baby. That was very baby crawling along the floor. Right. <laughs> Sure, of course. Hey, we on. know that's a great film, and and eighties, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Well, and also it's like it's so funny that things are born out of like necessity, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Honestly, she's on the other side of the room, and I need to get her over to Simon. <laughs> so, like, what is she going to do? Some big knee slide? Like, right. You know, it's like, oh, she needs a crawl for sure. And she was like feeling that, you know. So I loved it. Uh, and another of our favorites, we have to bring it up. We uh, we totally made fun of Andrew. We had a great time with Andrew about it. Is when you know David and Alice, and she's wanting something, and he's oblivious. Yeah. What and a great scene looking, that yeah. was! Oh. <laughs> so good. She was so good too. And that, and like I remember Andrew like trying to keep a straight face while of his head. She's like booty popping behind. Yeah. Him. yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what we. T- yeah, that's exactly what we told him too. Is like how you kept a straight face with that going on behind you, and and yeah. Jane doing those faces in front of you. That was brilliant. I'm just like I don't even have a clue how you kept right. it together. But so what? Yeah. And, and let me ask because for me, yeah. uh, you know, we talk about. And, and I think I think Logan too. I, I don't know, but for me, the the family dynamic is my favorite part of the show. Whenever the mm-hmm. family is together, uh, you know, especially yeah. Peter and Mary, uh, I just think yeah. they're absolutely brilliant. Um, and some of those scenes, the choreography in those scenes, are just <laughs> you know, bring a tear to your eye. Um, do you do you have one that's been the most challenging for you? A, a, a sequence that you were just like driven to get right that was that was difficult or what? Mm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we ended up doing 61 numbers over the season. Wow. So, like, yes. And I now when I'm thinking, thinking back and kind of being able to watch them and, and with everybody else now, you know, it's been really nice to like, oh, I remember that number back when I was tearing <laughs> my hair out. Um, you know, the, the episode eight with Zoe when she has her glitch, mm-hmm. uh, the, mm-hmm. the crazy number was really difficult to understand tonally where, where we wanted to go with that one. So I would say that one was complex. 
you know, it's never about steps for me until the very last moments. And then I'm, and then I create steps. It's always about trying to figure out emotion, tone, narrative, story, timing, tempo, cadence, feel, you know, all those kinds of things that don't necessarily involve steps. And that, that particular scene was tough because I didn't want it to feel like help uh-huh. in the beginning. I didn't want it to feel like I got the music in me uh-huh. where she's Pied Piper and everyone's dancing with her. And the big thing was like, how do I physicalize crazy without it looking like a caricature? Right. You know, what is crazy? Like the way you may think crazy looks on somebody may be totally different than the way I think about it. And are we going like banging your head against the wall crazy or are we going, I am going crazy in my own skin or is it just crazy? Cause it feels off a little, you know? And so that's kind of where we ended up going, but um, that one was really tough and uh, ended up being one of my favorite numbers. Honestly, when we actually cracked the code, I really loved that number. Um, and then I think there's one coming up in episode 11 and I don't want to give it away cause I want you guys to be able to see it kind of for what it is, but there was one, with Maggie and David uh-huh. and Zoe and it's, and there's a big, there's another group of kind of dancers that are around them. And it, it was, it was a tough nut to crack. <laughs> so I, I think it turned out really good actually, but it was uh, again, just tonally. And I guess that's the thing I love about Zoe is like it tonally dance lives in such different ways, even within each episode, you know, it's the last episode you had, Sound of Silence, which had hardly any dance, but there's movement and timing. Right. Then you had uh, you had you had the the ASL number, which totally a different world that mm-hmm. you would normally live in. You have buttons from Emily, where it's like kind of funny, but also you're like, go get it, girl. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. And then you have Happier, where it's like a contemporary duet between these two people. I mean, I just love that it can go so many different ways with when within an episode. Yeah. Definitely. It's funny. You brought up the word storytelling. Has that always been your approach? Is that something you've kind of gravitated to working so closely with directors in the past that you've kind of like incorporated that into your process? Or was that something that is that how you always approached it? I I found that as I've gotten further into my career, it's more and more important to me. I think as a young choreographer, I probably always subconsciously needed to answer, you know, who, what, where, when, why. Like I needed to know what the story was. But maybe would have got lost in steps a little bit more than, you know, now I I can't create a single step until I know what we're doing, you know? So for me, it's a lot more storytelling based and I find that it, it's a lot more challenging Mm -hmm. than just coming up with steps that don't mean anything. But at the same time, I think you end up getting performances that feel very unique and of the moment and serve the story, which is, you know, your job when you're an episodic, you have to serve the story. And, you know, to be able to do that with dance is like, Man, it is so fun, you guys. Holy smokes. <laughs> it's inspired me to dance. I want to get up right like, now. Like, honestly. Yeah, no. The question is, can you teach? Because yeah. I, I cannot dance. I so want a ballroom dance, and I know I would get out there and just be a disaster. So I don't know. But <laughs> oh, I think you would be great. And I do believe you can teach anybody how to dance. It just takes people different time frames, you know? Okay. Definitely. We could do it. There you Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you up on right. that. When, when, <laughs> yeah. when, I get, when I get back out there, it's going to be like, okay, Mandy is going to teach me to dance. It's going to be great. 
Um, it, do you is there is there some challenging uh, dancers with the with your cast? First of all, let me just say the cast is absolutely phenomenal yes. from from yeah. start to finish, and they all look like they've been dancing forever. Yeah. So for uh, kudos to you on that because Thank they you. all look like they're just like, oh no, I picked it up from birth. I've been able to dance forever. <laughs> so it's like it's absolutely brilliant. Did you find some challenges? Were there some that were like, oof, I don't know, and then others that were just naturally gifted, or how's that? Well, you know, when we when we started, I learned this in Lala and and in Silver Linings, honestly. I've always been of the mindset that if I can get the team, the cast, to enjoy dance and love it, they have they let a lot of their inhibitions out the door. Hmm. And so it, I really try to create a space that is very like open, trusting, fun, like so that they can really get vulnerable, like we talked about, because dance is, and you can immediately feel it's just like if you're singing, you hit a weird note, and you go like ooh, and you kind of like don't want yeah. to sing anymore. <laughs> right. People feel like that with dance. Like as soon as they feel awkward or they think a line looks weird, they shut themselves off. So a huge part of my world is just trying to make sure that it feels like a very enjoyable space to create and learn. Mm. And then it's it's really down to coaching. I know it sounds so weird, but I. I also don't fight the feeling. I got to be honest. Like I create on them. So if they feel like they want to go to the right instead of the left, I'm not going to spend my time drilling them to go to the right, right instead of the left. You know, I kind of pick my battles with things and I really try as a creator to find each and every person's way of moving. Cause then it is like the perfect collaboration. It's not about the way I move. It's about the way that this character moves. How mm-hmm. does Joan move? How does Joan move through the space when she's feeling this thing? And, you know, being able to create and create alongside these actors, like I said, it's just that's when you get the magic. It's not when I go in and just dictate it has to be this, that or this, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I just, again, speechless. The, the whole collaborative effort is just amazing. Uh, I, I got to <laughs> tell you. And uh, we can't let you off the hook. We, we've got we've been asking everybody this and we need to know. Yeah. Team Max or Team Simon? <laughs> oh, shoot. This is the thing, man. I It's like, ah, okay. So, I mean, on like the part of me that like feels, I just love, okay, shit, you guys, I can't say it. Because okay? I really love them both so much and I love them for different reasons. And I have to say, I was Team Max until episode six, no, episode five, when Simon did Should I Stay or Should I Go? Mm. And then I was like, so hot. <laughs> bringing the sex appeal that's right oh my gosh i was like he looks so good and like their chemistry was so awesome i was like oh shoot i might be team simon <laughs> then then i was like simon you need to get your stuff together sorry i'm back to team max so there that's where go. it is for yeah. me all right all right so she's a she's a flopper but right. that's okay yeah, we like, totally it's get it hard. i mean you know come yeah. on i mean even the part of me that wants to dislike simon i still really like him as a character and he's just trying to figure everything out that's really, right especially in like such a delicate time oh yeah it's oh my crazy. gosh yeah. if mo can't dislike him then nobody can, yeah right? exactly i mean, you know. I mean mo is the end-all be-all <laughs> like come on now Oh my goodness. But I want to know about your creative process a little bit. How does that go? When you get the music, do you just kind of like start to dance it out or do you put the pen to paper, try to write out the movements? How does that work? Uh, I definitely, uh, I'm more of a thinker, kind of heady creative person first. Mm -hmm. And then I physicalize and I find that I have to bounce back and forth between those things many times within the creative process. So yeah, yeah, when I listen to music or I get an outline, I marinate in my brain forever, like probably obsessively. You know, (laughs) I have to know 
every accent, every count, every feel that, you know, I, I really tried to understand what I feel when I listen to right. music. And then, and then I just like throw all of that out the door and dance. And like, I try to just come up with movement that can be the language uh-huh. and the vocabulary for the, for the dance. And then I'll look at that with my team and we'll, we'll kind of dissect it and go like, Oh, that's a cool move. Maybe uh-huh. we should build, I have this weird way of like building whole numbers off of one move. Cause I kind of have to find like the signature thing. And then I can, from that expand upon that idea. And, you know, like I said, I just go back and forth. Like there's times where I have to bar out the song and I really think, and I sit and I ponder and I hum, him and I haw. And then I just get up and start dancing just like you would think I would. And then there's times where I just have to sit back down, you know, so it kind of <laughs> goes back and forth for sure. Interesting. Okay. So I, I have a question too, because we're both this way. And I just, I'm curious from talking to you, I feel like you are too. How do you balance being a perfectionist and the passion. Yeah. Because the I, that's the hardest thing that I have. And I know Logan has one and we're talking and collaborating yeah. on projects and stuff. We're both perfectionists. So we want to think it and overthink it and redo it. But then we're so passionate. We're just go with the creative side of it. Is that a tough challenge to balance, especially in the, what you do? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think, yes. I, any of us that are perfectionists, we know each other. We can see each other a mile away. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, I, I learned a, a while ago, and this, this probably started on So You Think, because I would obsess about how my number did, or if it was the right choreography, or if I taught it right, or if they performed it right, or, and I found that I would just get in these holes, like I would, ju- it's like a spiraling down, where it's like you can't see it for really what it was, which is a moment in time, it's a creative thing that was made that was never there before. Like you just created something. So I learned a long time ago to just step away, like trust Mm -hmm. myself to like really get in there and like fight the fight all the way up to the point it shot. And then as soon as it shot, I got to let it go because that's all, you know, of course I could watch every single thing I've ever created and be so critical of it. But then at some point you just have to be like, okay, well, that's what I did. I did my very best. And I, I, made it from the most authentic place I could possibly have made it from. So that's all I can do. <laughs> I can't do anything else. Exactly. There's no formula. Yeah, you no, know? it's exactly, and yeah, you, you know, you win an Emmy, but you're still your own worst critique, exactly. right? Because it's <laughs> oh, like, no, sure. that was awful. I could have done this or that, but, you know, everybody else yeah. says award-winning. <laughs> so, for sure, for sure. Um, well, yeah, one more question before we before we get to wrap it up here, but uh, executive producer, how are you Are you liking that role? Are you liking the, that side of it? Uh, you know, because it, it's sometimes difficult also to balance, you know, creative and suit. You know, so do do you like that side of it? I love producing. And this is, this is going to sound so weird probably, but I just like being able to be on the ground floor Mm -hmm. and I like not having to, I I don't do well when people that don't know what I do, tell me how to do my job. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We understand. You know know how it goes. And you know, I started producing on dancing with stars, live television and that for me, I I really liked being able to use both sides of my brain because I'm also very odd that I like the organization and the kind of like cleanliness and the over big picture stuff of producing. Uh-huh. But then I really like on the flip side to just be like, oh, I'm a creator. Oh, this is what I feel. You know? <laughs> and, and then being a choreographer and being able to be in, in, I always call it like at the table, like being able to be at the table with the people that are making the thing that you're involved with instead of just in the 11th hour being given something to make. Right. I just love doing that. And I love 
you know, having to be critical and observe and use kind of those other, I guess, ways of thinking that is just so different than when I'm in a room creating or coaching or teaching dance. You know, I, I do like to worry about budgets and talk about how we're going to do something or, you know, we don't have the money for that, but can we be creative and try this? And, you know, I just think it's, it's a really fun place to be as a creator because you're also just, you have a little bit more, I don't know if it's power, but you just have more input into right. the overall picture, you know? So I love it. <laughs> wow. Great, great answer. Seriously. You fit right in. You, you could just step right up into the crazy ant farm and be here forever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you, you are clearly in our mold. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love this, guys. As soon as the quarantine thing lifts, we're going to meet up. Absolutely. Sure. Definitely, man. definitely. I got to say, this has definitely been one of the more entertaining, fun conversations that we've had in a while. Absolutely. Oh, good. We awesome. love people who share the passion and just yeah. love what they do and, and are all about it. And yeah, yeah. It, it's fantastic. So we do have a lot of listeners that are up and comers in the business or trying to get into the industry. So I always like to mm-hmm. have our guests give some advice, pass along a bit, little bit of advice for people trying to get into the industry and maybe some pitfalls to avoid you know, when they're trying to do it? Mm. You know, I think one of the things that's always worked for me, and my mom said this to me when I was very young, she was, she told me you should never close doors until you absolutely have to. Mm. And that I've kind of, that's manifested into this, like, don't really ever say no, unless you really need to say no, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm a yes person, probably to a fault, but I think it's helped me get to where I am because I was never afraid to take the job that maybe nobody else wanted right. or dance for free for that person when other people felt it was below them. Um, you know, I, those kinds of like saying yes to a lot of different kinds of opportunities and worlds really helped me in my career. And then on the, the second part of it is like showing up, you know, showing up on time, having a good attitude. Um, God, I, I just think having a good attitude and like enjoying what you're doing goes so far in this business and people really underestimate it. You know, like you were just saying, I really like talking to you guys. This is fun because if we were ever going to work together, I want to feel like we have a connection. Like there's something cool that you're not going to come into work one day and just be like, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You like to do what you do, right? You have passion for it. And I think a lot of people forget along the way to like keep that passion and that joy about what you're doing because that will get you so far. It really okay. will. That's a, a fantastic advice. I mean, we, we strive on that. It's, it's like even on mm-hmm. our worst day, look for the one good thing that happened that day and focus there, you exactly. know, because there's yeah. always something good that happens. So For sure. And it, there's always moments where it's like not great and you get told no or someone tells you sure. you suck or whatever. But it's <laughs> like, you know, you have to in the end of it just go like, okay, well, I'm doing my best and I'm just going to truck right along. And exactly. like, hey, I'll keep doing – I'll do – you do you, boo. I'll do me. <laughs> yes. We'll you do it. you, boo. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Right there. <laughs> well, and of course we have to bring up – it's all about social media and we want everybody to follow you. And your social media name is fantastic. So, uh, you know <laughs> – I love that you even understood it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, Mandy – more come on what's not to understand right it's brilliant <laughs> thank you so go ahead and tell everybody where they can follow you yeah they can follow me on instagram and twitter at nope not her it looks like <laughs> nope another or yeah, something it or certainly does another, it does it's nope not her <laughs> so and good. you'll see a weird little ver- verified check it is me it's not the other mandy Moore. <laughs> so, yeah. so i loved it so much we're putting it on the graphic for the show like yeah <laughs> nope it. not her yeah it's it's so good <laughs> 
Oh, my oh, goodness. Thanks. But thank you so much for taking some time out of your day during your quarantine day sure. to come and have a fun conversation with us. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is so nice to chat with people. And, like, thank you guys for being fans. It really means a lot. We really love the show. So thank you for watching. Oh, anytime. And, and more than welcome. Open invite. Anytime you want to come back to talk uh, uh, about the yeah. show or just to shoot the shit or, you know, yeah. we'll discuss the 80s. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open I'm invite. In, yeah, and I'm pretty free right now, so I'm pretty into it. So whatever you want to do, I'm down. <laughs> we'll fantastic. have an 80s, uh, an 80s movie night. It'll be fantastic. Right. We'll or we, we do like a top five segment on each one of our episodes. Maybe it could be like top five 80s movies yes, or something. Yes, that's brilliant. <laughs> yes. I would love that. I'm totally in. We are 80s kids, so let's do it. <laughs> fantastic. Listen, have a great rest of the week. Have a great weekend and everything, and, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? See Bye-bye. ya. Okay. Bye. Wow, that was so much fun. Yeah, she's just like us, man. I she's know. just fun. She's so full of energy and passionate and like, about what she does. Literally every every word that came out of her mouth was just so full of passion, energy, and just like ready to work on something else. Like I love it. Yeah, me too. Like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, she was exactly. just like constantly going. You know, exactly. and it, it, you need that. Exactly. You, you need that in this industry and just the whole process. Though, great question about you, you know how it all comes together and and it. it, it it's really interesting to hear how she puts it together. Yeah. Um, and how the storytelling has become so much a part of it. Exactly. It's, it's really fun to listen to. Great first choreographer. Right? Exactly. <laughs> she takes the title. She takes the reign. She oh does. Oh, my goodness. Thank you again, Mandy Moore. Not that Mandy Moore. For coming on the show. <laughs> All right. Now it is time for the top five segment. Oh, man. This one is so freaking difficult because there's so many great shows out there. But this week it is top five all-time favorite ensemble cast yes Ooh. yes and i had to go with like like i i had to do i took very seriously all time because right now there are currently so many new shows I on know. or newish shows yeah. that i could just like unload with like 50 of them you know with yeah. like all these shows that i'm watching zoe's and council of dads and lucifer and like all these shows and i'm thinking the the resident yeah. they're all fantastic so cats. how can i do this so i stuck with all time. There you go. <laughs> like, there you so go. I just want to premise that when everybody goes, oh shit, the old farts got the old shows, but I'm just like, all time. Oh my goodness. Well, special guest, ladies first, Miss Rebecca, what you got for number five? <sighs> okay, so I'm going to preface this by also saying that I picked, because it's so difficult, because there are so many great shows on now. It's true. That I stuck with stuff that is no longer on. There you so, go. So that I don't, you know... But I also have some like shout outs that, you know, didn't that that are on now, if that's cool. So yeah. I'm gonna do yeah, my of five course. like I have my five, but I'm also gonna do like some, you know, ones that are on now that uh, your special co host, you can change the rules when I you and Autumn exactly. just totally screwed it up on the last time and now that's our new format. So yeah. like you just do whatever <laughs> you want, Rebecca. <laughs> so am I just giving you one to start with, right? Yes, number five. Okay. Uh so I'm gonna go with Orange is the new black. Oh mm. yes. It's a great cast. So good. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, I was sad. My only regret is that I was not on it. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. You should have been. Should've you should totally. I mean, I can yeah. totally see Becca as a convict. I can. <laughs> I mean, just and and one with a shank. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will make you bleed. It's unfortunate. <laughs> 
I don't know what that says, but I totally see her with a shank gun oh somebody. It's like goodness. great. Let's yeah. just say she has a broad range. Yes. Like, uh, yes. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, for me, my number five, I mean, uh, Parenthood. Mm. Such a phenomenal cast. I mean, Lauren Graham, Dex Shepard, Craig T. Nelson, so many other ones that have seen the spotlight in that show. Just so good. That was honestly the first drama I ever watched and like cried every episode. Yeah. I, so, uh, yeah. Without doubt. Without doubt. Brilliant pick. Brilliant pick. And you'll see why I think it's a brilliant pick coming up. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Number five for me, Frasier. Yes. I just absolutely mm. love Frasier. My green eggs and ham. You yeah, know, I definitely. mean, best theme song, best just like everything about that show. I just, Kelsey Grammer and David Hayden Jones and like all these people that were just like brilliantly cast. Yeah. Jane Levy, like they're just so good. So good. I agree. Um, and I really like the way it expanded Frazier's character off of Cheers. I always yeah. thought – we were talking about this earlier. I always thought he was kind of underutilized on Cheers, and you could just tell the potential was there. Yeah. So, yeah, all-time – one of my all-time favorites. Agreed. Agreed. Rebecca, what you got for number four? Well, I think Parenthood was also a brilliant choice because I also chose it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's funny because I wrote mine down before I saw your email, and I was like, oh. <laughs> no, it's all good. It just shows how great of a show it That's was. That's right. Good mind. I know. I actually came into it later. I didn't actually watch it while it was on. Um, I, I found it once it hit Netflix. I don't know. For whatever reason, I just was doing something else whenever it started, and then you feel like you're behind, and then it's, like, impossible to catch yeah, up. Yeah, right. Once, once it was all on Netflix, I watched the whole thing, and, I yeah, it was just so good. Yeah, I mean, so same same for me, too. I binge-watched it on Netflix and then had to wait for the final season to come on. Mm. But once it did, it was so good. So, so good. good. Uh, yeah. All right, my number four, Amazon Prime original, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm. Such phenomenal oh, yeah. writing, man. And just so the good, filmmaking yeah. and the color tone. And, oh, it's just amazing. So good. Such a great cast. Like, everything about this show is just brilliant, especially in the third season when they brought Sterling K. Brown. I was like, ah, oh, so good. I yeah. just love this show. Yeah. Amy Sherman Palladino has like this brilliant knack of bringing the perfect people together so for like a show. I still can't wait to see Lauren Graham pop up on there. She I says know. she's working hard to try to find a way to bring her into that show. So I can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Hell yeah. Awesome. My number four, I think one of the best casts ever assembled on TV. This is one of the only shows I can legitimately say I would literally laugh out loud every episode. Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I just thought, we, we talked about it earlier, I'm a huge fan of Kaylee Quinn. But I just literally thought that entire cast could not have pulled those characters off any better than they did. I agree. Absolutely brilliant. They made nerds cool. I mean, you know, think about it. They yeah. made nerds cool. Everybody wanted to be them. I, I just, and when you can do that and have a cast do that, that's something cool. I agree, man. I agree. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so many good shows. Yes. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, what you got for number three? Uh, I also chose Big Bang Theory. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so good. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. So and yeah, pretty much everything you said. Like, ner- <laughs> I'm excited. What, quote unquote nerdy stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, making it cool and not and a lot of stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I want to try that. And you know, so I've played Dungeons and Dragons now, and I, I've done a lot of stuff that I watched on the show. So, um, <laughs> shout out to the show for opening my horizons there you go there you go so good (laughs) all right for my number three i got gray's anatomy the og crew 
Yes. Going way yeah. back. Freaking. Like season one. Season one. Yeah. When everybody is just new to the game. And oh, it's so good. So good. I mean, obviously, so many cast members have uh, changed in and out throughout the years. I mean, obviously, 15 freaking 16 seasons now. Right. It's insane. Right. But yes, the OG crew of Grey's Anatomy. And I mean, I got to say, I got to say, Patrick Dempsey. Best character. Just saying. Just saying. Rip. How did we know? How do we know your man crush would make an appearance? Of course he would. Of course saying. you had to bring it up. He's just so, so good. Hey. So good. I'm just right. saying. Well, number three for me. I think we've discussed this in great length already, but I'm going to say it again. Parenthood. Yes. That should tell everybody yeah. who's listening to this podcast right now or watching us on YouTube, watch Parenthood. Yes. If you have not. I mean, come on. Mae Whitman, she's just absolute. Miles Hauser. Yeah. Did you know yeah. that Michael B. Jordan was on? Yes. yes. That Michael B. Jordan was on there like like so many people came through there and the, just the storylines were just uh, i was with you i literally cried almost every episode yeah and i thought it was so brilliantly done like even though from like season three on you knew zeke was gonna die i know it was still terrible when he died it's so sad. i was just like no still bawled my eyes the, out. yeah just him sitting in that recliner at the end now i blew it for anybody who hasn't watched it but i don't care uh, um, <laughs> it's 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 so worth it the lunchbox with yeah. the music and all the musicians that were on the show. Just everything about that show I loved. So I good. loved. So good. Uh, all right, Rebecca, what you got for number two? So I'm throwing it way back to Lost. Oh, oh okay. Lost. J.J. Abrams. Oh, yes. I know everyone hated the last episode, but as a whole, I thought the show was just, like, brilliant. I would totally agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and the acting was so good and, like, just them as a team. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So... So good, so good. I still need to watch that one as well. I haven't watched that one. Either. Any of it? Any of it? Oh my gosh! Oh my god! <laughs> we had to wait every week, which was like torture, uh, right? Um, <laughs> like, but now you have the like you just and you're just gonna want to keep watching that. Yeah, that's what was so brilliant. It's like I was like, oh, I gotta watch the next episode. Right, yes. right, and like, oh, I can't wait to watch your just frustration because they'll <laughs> mention something in like episode one or two, and then yeah. you'll go a whole two seasons and they never bring it back up, and you're like, when the fuck are they gonna talk about this? Yeah. Like, like, you you get there, but oh my god, that this show was like so frustrating to watch. Sometimes yeah. you're like, what is going on? Oh my oh, god, <laughs> good choice. Yeah. Like, oh my god, yeah, and, oh my god, the Lily, uh, just so many yeah. Evangeline Lily, you know, yeah, why? yeah. Just, like yeah. the whole cast is just brilliant oh my goodness um, yeah definitely gonna have to go back then good choice uh, uh, and then my number two uh i think one of the biggest dramas out right now this is us mm. just yes. every single week brings you some great things to talk about whether it be racial stuff alzheimer's like anxiety just so much things to talk about and try to put yourself in that position i think this is why that show is so freaking amazing it's because somebody has been in their shoes at least one point in time in their lives right so it's just phenomenal show with phenomenal casting i mean justin k or justin k <laughs> sterling k brown uh, justin hartley oh, and mandy moore like i could watch him read a phone book i know <laughs> i know I mean, the whole cast is great, but he is just superb. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, I, and I'm a huge Justin Hartley fan because I am a geek. I, yeah. I mean, I remember him all the way back when he was Green Arrow before Green Arrow was yeah. even on t- – when he was on Smallville as Green yeah. Arrow or the Aquaman attempted pilot at Aquaman. I just I've always been a fan of him, and I think he's just – he absolutely slays it on This Is Us. Yeah. And to Dan Fogelman's credit, like I said with Amy Sherman Palladino, I think he just – brilliantly chose these people yeah. to play these characters. I, I just don't think you could have done any better with the casting. Agreed. 
Agreed. My number two, Suits. Mm, yeah, huge, mm. huge fan of suits. I just think Gabriel Mock and and my, just all of them, Patrick J. Adams, like Sarah Rafferty. I just I could go on. Izzy from Grey's, Anat- yeah. Grey's Anatomy was yeah. on the past couple seasons, the last couple seasons of it. I just thought this show and and a look at corporate law and like the way they approached everything and were somehow able to work in life yeah and and re- you know just storylines that dealt with everything that you could imagine i just thought it was absolutely brilliant and i i want a donna i say this yeah. over and over and over again but donna sarah rafferty as donna that character was just brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant she was awesome um i would love for her to come on the show too she, she just kicks ass uh, yeah but um yeah suits yes. one of my all-time favorites so good so good all right rebecca who you got for number two no, you that was one? number two. Number All right, one. Number one, yeah. I can't <laughs> keep scout. Like, it's it's keep lost. Down. You're I, lost. I'm oh. lost at the moment. I'm so lost. I don't know. Um, can't forget friends. Mm. Yes. Yes. I agree. Uh, no. <laughs> I, like, no. I agree because that is also my number one pick. Friends is by far like the best show ever like have all the funkos i got the freaking uh the whole series collection with the outtakes and it's just such a great show i would agree yeah <laughs> and like, I, 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 guess, I mean i mean i still watch the reruns on tv yeah, it's like too. on all the time and yes i still laugh even when i know the jokes are coming yeah exactly like, <laughs> do you recite them because logan and emily recite them they yes. they, they i swear they've Sometimes, seen every yeah. the entire series at least 35 times at least at least <laughs> it's so good all right it's so good all right well while I agree, Friends is awesome it's and great. a huge fan, and I was old enough to watch it in the original run. Um, <laughs> uh, the West Wing. Yes. I just I think to this day still the single best ensemble cast that was ever assembled for television. Yeah. I just really re- – now, maybe that's Sorkin's writing. I, I don't know. Or their acting or whatever, whatever the chemistry was, I just think that cast – brilliantly led by the awesome Martin Sheen. Yeah. Just, you know, Bradley Whitford and Richard Schiff and just like all of them, just absolutely amazing. Um, it's probably one of my, if not my all-time favorite series, but so definitely my cast. Definitely. I just, and when you look at the um, those cast members and the amount of them that went on to have other huge shows and other huge projects, it shows you the caliber that came off of exactly. that show. So I just, yeah, the West Wing. So good. That's man. my friends. I've like yeah, yeah. you. I've watched that thing like so many times. Yeah. I can't even tell you. I just, I'm always addicted to it. Whenever I get in a rut, I'm like, I'm going back to West Wing uh, yeah. and watching it again. So definitely just brilliant. so many good shows, guys. I mean, what are your top five shows? Anybody who's watching this video out there or listening to the podcast, what are your top five favorite ensemble cast i should say because i mean there's just so many great actors in this entertainment industry mecca that just kill it every episode and i'm that's the you know uh, and and maybe you can speak to this too rebecca that's why i like the sag awards so much yeah because they recognized cast achievement you know because could you imagine one of these shows that we were talking about without one of the Uh, cast members you couldn't do it it. so i just to recognize the entire cast and their effort together i i just think is so important agreed agreed that's why I have to give a sh- like a you know my shout out because I I did like all shows that aren't on anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know also of course like SVU. Yes. Oh yeah. I have to you know have to give them a shout out and any of the Shondaland shows, Grey's Anatomy, been watching that forever. So I mean, there's so many. I got I've been watching the middle mm. in the afternoon. So like, good. While I'm home. Yeah. <laughs> when it's on and like there's so many great shows that 
the cast, it's like the core cast just they're just incredible. Absolutely. It's hard to pick. It was really hard to choose. I know. It <laughs> so was hard. really hard, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Good choices, though. Yes, yeah, seriously. Choices. Great top five segment. Great top five segment. But now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Oh, man, we love this app. We literally... Literally. I don't know what that was. We literally use it to stack up our industry news every single week. If you're an actor trying to break into the entertainment industry, this is like a one-stop shop for you. You can reach out to agents, managers, anything like that just to build more contacts. You can see what movies are in development, pre-production, production, production, post-production, all that good stuff. It's just such a great app for such a reasonable price. Yeah, box office results, everything, literally everything is at your fingertips on that app. Agreed, $19.99. I know. Not a bad price. So good. Uh, top trending movie this week is Extraction, Netflix, mm. with uh, Chris Hemsworth yes, and the Russo Brothers. the Mighty Thor. I know. I want to see this one. I haven't yet. No, I mean, but Chris Hemsworth running around saving a kid sounds epic. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want Thor to save them? I know. I, I'm just saying. And the Russo Brothers. Yeah. I like how they, they – I saw a little quote from them saying that they're making an effort to work with all of the Avengers on individual That's projects cool. and everything. So that – yeah. And we saw the one they got coming with Tom Holland. Yeah. Looks like – Badass, so crazy, good, so. so good. Have you seen Extraction yet, Rebecca? No, I haven't yet, but I, I want to. Yeah, probably check it out maybe this weekend. Yeah, um, yeah, it looks it looks good. It really does. It really does. Well, the top trending TV show is still Netflix, man, killing it right now, and still Money Heist. This one's supposed to be really good as well. So I mean, we really need to hop on this bandwagon. I know we have not seen it yet, so I, I just I feel bad. Yeah, I know. I mean, everybody's talking about it, and I'm like, mm, nope, can't get in on that conversation. Yet. I know. There's just so much good content out there right now. It's crazy. It's true. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm still. I'm almost done with Lucifer, though. There you go. Almost done. And I love that show. Yeah. I was just so impressed. Definitely. So impressed with Lucifer. Um, that had nothing to do with the IMB top tenders, but no, I'm, just, but I'm just putting that out there. Go watch Lucifer. <laughs> go like, watch Lucifer. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then still the top trending star from the amazing series Ozark is Julia Gardner. She is killing it. She is, man. I, I'm telling you, every week we, we, we talk about her, but she is just slaying. I know. And, and I can't say it enough. If you haven't watched The Americans yet, first of all, The Americans was just epic. Yeah. But yeah, her role on The Americans and, and what she was able to do on that, while limited, was just, you could tell right away, this this one was going to boom. Yeah. You, know, you could tell she was going to do something. So I agree. I, I see agree. that. I can see why she's top trending. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. She is amazing. Amazing. Um. Well, guys, this was a huge, great, amazing show for episode 111. I, I know, just a just a regular old 111, I but know. we had a bunch of epicness. I know, a <laughs> I mean, bunch of epicness. Like, I know. mean, of course, we got to thank our guest, uh, Mandy Moore, for coming on the show once again. And then, of course, our forever guest, special co-host, Rebecca Kennedy. We got to thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. Oh, thank you for having me. I have so much fun with you guys. Oh, oh yeah. good. It's always a blast, and you're so informative. Yeah. You, you, you always bring knowledge, but then you're always so fun and, like, you know, sometimes we get, like, okay, that was really good. They're really, like, dropping knowledge, and they're, but, you know, and it's like, mm. And then other times we get one that's like completely a blast and have so much fun, and then we're like, but we're not really saying anything know, yeah. of substance. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> then we get Rebecca, who's got it all. I got so. it all. She's like <laughs> the whole package. Well, you guys are the best. <laughs> Eight times. You're almost. You're, you're coming close to double digits. Can you believe that? It's gonna crazy. be awesome. I know. It's crazy. It's gonna be so good. I love so it. Good. Oh my goodness. But guys, be sure to follow us on social media at Crazy Media on any social media platforms. Rebecca, where can they follow you at? 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Kennedy, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, for anyone that's uh, going to spell it wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way to spell it, by exactly. the way. Because you, everyone will. Um, or on Instagram, I'm at Becca, B-E-K-A-H-K, because my name was taken when I tried to sign up. Bastards. I know, like, what's that? Yeah, you know, exactly. I think once you get the blue mar- blue check mark, like, the other person needs to give up the I name. Know, I'm like, just saying. I'm know. just it, saying. It, it is kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. <laughs> but uh, be sure to follow <laughs> us on social media as well. Myself, at JLo Fantastic, and... Crazy End Guy, 1970. That's right. That's right. And you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio. You can watch us on YouTube, and that's we're true. basically everywhere, Stitcher, guys. Podbean, just like... You name it, we're there. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you can't forget we're pinners. Exactly, pinning yeah. stuff. I have an epic 1980s and Saturday morning cartoons pages on on Pinterest. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just. I'm nostalgic. I I'm know. just gonna say it. It's a great freaking app. I mean, <laughs> we were sleeping on it for so long, but it's so good. It is. It's, it's so true. Good. And of course, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, for anything you need to know about Crazy Ant Media, our projects, our podcast, our weekly updates, anything like that. And then, of course, our merch. You guys know you can buy some great ass merch on crazyamedia.com it looks so good it looks so good and now of course it's time to reflect the episode i think my favorite part was rebecca kennedy being uh, on the show agreed <laughs> i mean it's hard to top that it's like when you when you look back at the whole episode what's the best part rebecca yeah, right? you're like being on the show, i mean you know? i'm biased and i agree <laughs> I love it. It's true. I really did enjoy the interview also with Mandy because, you know, talking the whole thing with the extraordinary thing about Zoe's and how it's taken off. And, of course, 80s. Yeah. I, I love I 80s. I mean, of course. Of course. Um, but old. I, yeah, you know, and, and I just – but it's it's hard to beat Rebecca. It is. <laughs> it's spelled the right way. Exactly. Spelled exactly. the right way. That's yeah. right. I love it. I love it. But you know who else we love? The only O that matters? Exactly. Oprah! Oprah!